actually picking it up. Good. I'm glad it's picking it up. Hello, everybody. I'm I'm shaking a, a bottle of uh, Gatorade Zero that was left on our recording table. Because it's mine. Can you give yeah. me, please? Sponsor us, Gatorade. We're Absolutely. really kind of lost on the intros without Corey. Yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Remember when I used to actually intro the show? Did anybody die this week so we don't have another eulogy to give out? That was fun. Did you listen to the finished product? Oh, it was beautiful. Thank you. I was very happy with that. I, I, I made it stop as soon as the sidebar started. It was like perfect timing. This is going to be a, not a cluster fucky episode, but we're going to give a lot of information real quick. It's going to be a lot of takes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot, a lot of, of takes. hot takes, a lot of, a lot of predictions. Probably some cold takes. Yeah. Some cold cut combos. Because <laughs> what we're going to do is we are going to finish our projections that end with the AFC West. But then, after that, we're going to go rapid fire... And lock in the records. And some of them have changed. Of course, a lot of things have happened since uh, we've started doing the divisions in the NFL. So a couple of our records are different. Moniker, we all picked the Packers to win. We didn't change it after the game. Yes, that is correct. We Almost all of us, I believe, had the Packers winning game one. Um, do we have breaking news? Well, as of an hour ago, Antonio Brown is demanding his release from the Raiders. Well, yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. <sighs> I didn't know that. I didn't know he was doing that. Oh, yeah, he, put he, it, put, he put out an Instagram. He put post. out an Instagram post. Of course he did. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna talk a wild like forty eight hours. Yeah, we're gonna talk did. about Antonio Brown and the Raiders. But like I said, we are going to rapid fire. We're not gonna go game by game. We're just gonna go rapid fire and lock in our records for each team. Uh, as you all know, at the end of the year, we're going to compare what the teams ended up as uh, versus our own projections. Every game that we are off, we're going to pay a dollar, and we're going to go by division by division, and whoever was the closest in that division gets the money. Yeah, record-wise, not individual record games. Wise. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing... Yeah, because that's too much. It's not game by game. Like, we're not doing it game by game. We're doing it just based on the record we said they would be. Right. And say for like, the simplest way to explain it is if you do the AFC East and you're two games off for every team, you gotta pay eight bucks. And say three of us are were eight games off and one of us was six games off. Person with six games off gets the money. Gets the money. So they get twenty. Oh man. Yeah. So we got some money. Yeah, we got some money riding on this. <laughs> I'm really fucked if like. Something happens. I'm like ten games off. That's ten dollars. I got to give to one of you fucks. The hard, the farthest I was off, um, last year. I was, I was the the most accurate last year when we based it off of projections. And the most I was off on a team was like, I think it was five. I think was the most I was off by maybe six. I don't remember. I think I was six games off of Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, because they went four and ten, and I had them going ten and six. Right, yeah. That was the the, the most I was off actually was on the Panthers. Oh yeah, because you were like super per- high on the Panthers. No, I was super low. Oh, yeah, you I, were super low. I pegged them going two and fourteen last year, and, and they then won they seven. won five more games than that. They went seven and nine, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I was exactly right on. I was either exactly right or one game off on over half the league last year. So, I take great pride in this. So, Whatever. the fact that we're doing now it that for money's mo- on the line. Yeah, the see. fact that now money's on the line, I feel like I'm going to choke <laughs> and and go super hard on certain teams. But anyway, speaking of super hard, 
Wait. <laughs> I'm Matt Dustman. That's Justin. Oh, Kimmel. yeah, yeah. Welcome to Fat Pod. Nathan Nate Kuiper. You're welcome to welcome Fat Pod. Yeah, we kind of just jumped right into this shit. There's just so much to talk about. We want to go-go. We want to put on those go-go shoes and go-go-go-go. We're go-go Speaking of go-go, Antonio Brown going to go-go out of Oakland. Yeah, he fucking is. All right. Who wants to cover this timeline over the last 48 hours? All right. I'm going to do as much as I can for memory. We're going to see what I can remember. Yeah, investigative journalist Matt Dustman. Go ahead and hit us up with the shit. Crazy shit, dude. All right. (laughs) It started... When Mike Mayock, mm-hmm. yes, Mayock, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mike Mayock um, got into a fight or an altercation with AB, not like fist fight, but they were arguing about something. Mayock was like, he's going to suspend him. But there was some sort of thing where AB had to be held back by teammates, and it was like this whole kerfluffle. All right, for some reason, I know a lot about that. <laughs> I could break I could break that part down for you. Okay. okay, this all stems from Antonio Brown making an Instagram post, right? About a letter he received from the Raiders that he was fined for missing practice. It was it was in his contract that if he misses practice, he he gets fined, right? He misses practice, he receives letters that say, "Hey, you owe us money because you missed practice. You have to pay up." Mm-hmm. He posted on Instagram complaining. Uh Mayock goes like, "Don't do that." And then they, he's on the field that day, well, during a practice that Brown's there a few days ago. And Brown walks up to him and talks to him about all of this, and it, it escalates very quickly. Mayock, throughout the entire thing, stays cool and collected and eventually just walks away. But during this altercation, Antonio Brown needed held back by his teammates. He called Mayock a cracker, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and there are people on the internet who are going like, oh, that's a, that's a slur. Cracker's not a slur. Shut the fuck up. And just tasty. And so after that altercation, you know, Mayock just walked away. He's like, "I'm going to suspend him, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm." No, obviously he's going to suspend him. Now, if I were, if I were the GM, I would have cut him right there. But obviously, I guess you know you can't. Well, technically. the thing is, at the very least, they, they were going to suspend him, and then it, when he got suspended, he wasn't going to get his thirty mil guaranteed because he would have missed like game time or something due to shit in his contract. So they're like, "Well, we get to dodge the cap hit and maybe keep him." But then, I mean, Mayock got totally emasculated by John Gruden. Yeah, and John Gruden, like, I like Antonio. I want him. I want to keep him. Like, okay. Because John Gruden's actually the GM. Right. He actually runs. It's, it's actually his team. But while that happened, Antonio Brown was secretly recording the conversation with Gruden where they talked with each other and Gruden, or Gruden, Antonio Brown apologized and Gruden was like, oh, good. You, and that's like basically where Gruden came up with, like, he's going to play on Monday. But uh, California is a two-party consent state, so if Gruden didn't know that AB was recording him, and it was actually secret, he could get in legal trouble for that. So that was a thing that happened. Well, yeah, he recorded. It was a phone call. The apology was public at opening for practice that day. Mm-hmm. So he he went up in front of the entire team and apologized. Apparently, it was very very emotional. Yeah, apparently and, got very emotional, and then the then the team got behind him after that, and they're like, "Okay, we believe you, AB." Yeah. And then the video came out, and then he put that video out when he had he had a phone call with John Gruden, and Gruden said he was just amused by it. He didn't say anything else. He just said, "Oh, that's, yeah, that's amusing." Was like, oh, amusing, because it's the total Gruden thing. But yeah, now, behind the scenes, he then, wants to smash so his then face. Instead of being suspended, he was fined an undisclosed amount of money. But now we know that disclosed amount of money because AB posted. <laughs> Because he posted it, 
And then you had Schefter talking about it, and he talked about the amount of money that he got fined. I can't remember the exact $215,000. It was like just enough that also took away his 30 mil guarantee. Yeah. He doesn't get his guaranteed money in his contract anymore now. And he pissed. So uh, an hour ago, as of this recording, he put up another Instagram post where it was just like one of those like uh, black and white letter things. And said, hold on, I had it up right here. You're going to piss off a lot of people when you start doing what's best for you. This was what the this is what the image looked like. Mm-hmm. And it is captioned underneath. And that's fine. I have worked my whole life to prove that the system is blind to see talent like mine's. Now that everyone sees it, they want me to conform to that same system that has failed me all those years. When he was touted as the best wide receiver in the NFL. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just asking for the freedom to prove them all wrong. When I used to be the best. Release me, Raiders. Hashtag no more. Hashtag they put blinders on a horse for a reason. Oh my god. Can I just can I just say something real quick? Absolutely. Go right ahead, bud. So this is this is quite possibly the most cuz basically what he's saying is whatever it is his way of doing things in his mind just being a fucking annoyance to everybody and 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 being <laughs> very high demand and being all this see I don't want to okay let's pull up pulling back the curtain a little bit um my girlfriend has a degree in psychology. Yes. And she's been invested in this story because like she doesn't really care about football that yeah, much. You've been invested yeah, in she her, cares. Her family was were Steeler fans. She's grew up in Pittsburgh. She doesn't really care about football, but she knows. Like she's and she knows that Antonio Brown was my favorite player. She was the one that actually informed me that he was being suspended, which is funny. She actually <laughs> called me. And she was like, hey, you know Antonio Brown's being suspended, right? And <laughs> So when all of this stuff happened this morning, I messaged her and I, I laid it out for her and I told her, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is the thing. And again, we're not trying to diagnose people with stuff because we don't know what's going on with Antonio right, Brown. Yeah. We don't know what's going on within the division or in the, within the team. All we know is the stuff that he has said and then the stuff that he has done and then the stuff that he has done after the stuff that he has said. And his behavior before he was released from Pittsburgh about threatening uh, reporters and then apologizing and all this stuff. I laid everything out for her and I was like, I don't know anything about this, but you tell me if this sounds like somebody that has bipolar disorder. And she went, absolutely. She went, he goes from like manic power on top of the world, I can do whatever I want. I I don't need the game. I have the money. I want to file grievances and all this stuff too. Posting videos of himself saying I'm misunderstood and I'm a victim and they won't let me be who I want to be. And he seemingly has no interest in like Play, like in the video that he made with John Gruden, he talks about he was like, I know I can play football. 
He's like, I don't need football. Like, I'm a person playing football. He's like, I'm not just a football player. No one's saying you're just a football player. But, like, you signed a con. You got what you wanted. Like, you wanted out of Pittsburgh and you wanted a big contract. They gave it to you. So why are you not... Why are you still not happy? And why are you having all these problems? And why are you screaming at your GM and threatening to punch him? Like, and that's what I asked. Her. I was like, does this sound like that? Does this sound like what this is? And she's like, yeah. She's like, he might not, like, have a full-blown case of it. She's like, but it certainly sounds like he's going back and forth from acting out and being extremely selfish to then when he's called out on it he makes it as if like he's misunderstood and that he's a victim and that everyone's trying to keep him down i mean that's really the the thing you get from all this is just that he's i don't know like well, he, we just, get that I, I would i feel like i'd be a little more inclined to i mean i don't have the psychology degree i get ability, yeah. but i feel like i'd be a little more inclined to agree with that if we had seen multiple signs or not not like recent signs but over the course of his career up until now if we had seen more of that i i am more inclined to believe that perfect ended this man's career i was going to say that i think we have a friend cte yeah we have a friend in our group chat that kind of alluded to that that he thinks that the hit that Vontez Burfick put on him like did damage to him that has slowly gotten worse and worse and again we can't confirm or deny that either no no I mean Antonio Brown after that season was over after that game was over was diagnosed with a concussion he didn't play and as far as we know like he came back the next season and was fine but at the same time there's been, I, don't want to say, I hate to, I hate to say, there's been reports. This wasn't a report. This was, um, our me and Matt's boy, who we talk about a lot on this show, um, Colin Cowherd, uh, said on his show that he has a friend, a very good friend, that works for ESPN, that is also good friends with Mike Tomlin. So when all of this stuff was happening with Antonio Brown, Colin told his friend. To call Mike Tomlin and ask him, like, what, you know, the stuff with Antonio Brown. Apparently, what Mike Tomlin told this person is, you guys have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I was under the assumption. What what we covered up. He's like, you guys have no idea the stuff that we didn't let out. This This is the angle I was going to come into here, is that he's been like this the whole time, buds. We just haven't heard about it. We just haven't heard about it. The Steelers are really good at keeping this under wraps. The Raiders definitely are not, mm-hmm. especially now that he's uh, you know a lot more public well, about jokes, everything that he says. About hard knocks left a few days too early. Yeah, I, I think just he they did. Although in general, I guess this season of hard knocks was like extremely boring. All the juicy stuff, like they they couldn't get access to anything. It wasn't a good watch from what I heard. It was okay. I watched it. Oh, did you? It was okay. Hmm. There, there was some stuff that was cool. I think it's... I think it's. I was more interested in the non-Antonio Brown right. stuff, actually. I think it lends itself to, you know, oh, well, why would Pittsburgh cover it up? Well, because Pittsburgh drafted him. 
Like, he, like it's, he's it's 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 different. Like it would be a situation where it was it's like smart to cover it up. There's something you should handle. Like privately. he's your player, right? Like you took him, he came up in your system, right? And well, this is something that Mike Tomlin handles well. I don't well, think what, 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 I don't know if he handles it well because he let it go. Say, well, what does that say about Mike Tomlin if he was able to? keep all these things under wraps for as long as he did until all the shit hit the fan well, with this Ben, is what, AB, uh, This is the prospect. Bell. This is the prospect that Pittsburgh was going for when they hired Mike Tomlin. I think he's supposed to be this player's coach. I think that has degraded over the years, and that's why all of this happened, because I think Tomlin honestly has gotten to worse of a player's coach over I, the years. It has just kind of let things go a little bit. One thing I'll say is it all start The way the first crack... Was the Instagram video that Antonio Brown posted while Mike Tomlin was talking in the locker room? That was the first like thing that got out, and then more and more stuff proceeded to happen. He was getting into he was getting pulled over, going 100 miles an hour. He had the incident at his apartment where he was throwing stuff out of the window. Um, all of the issues with like practice and stuff. The Bell situation, I I, I don't I don't like it when people's like, oh man, look at how lost the or how Tomlin lost control of the locker room with Bell and Brown Bell's issue it's completely different than was that. not with Tomlin or the team at all or his teammates is the money yeah Bell was promised something by an organization and then was not given it right so Bell's kind of issue was with like I've Colbert been, and the Roonies and the organization for saying like you told me you were going to give me this like, you told me if I played under the franchise tag for one year and I was healthy the whole year that you were going to pay me. Yeah, And then you was, didn't pay me. That was kind of the uh, Franz Ferdinand getting shot moment because the moment uh, Bell became more public. With, like, if you just had the like the couple small things that AB did with the Instagram video and you find out about the speeding and whatnot, that doesn't cause this giant wave of whatever the fuck happened to happen. Bell put a national spotlight on Pittsburgh more so than they normally get. They're already like one of the bigger markets in the NFL. I get that. But <coughs> scrutiny spot, national spotlight all over on Bell. So every reporter, every beat writers trying to get to teammates to talk about Bell. At some point, Antonio Brown comes out and you start seeing more of that because now you're looking for it. You're basically saying like the Steelers were operating all of this brown stuff was kind of happening in the dark and Bell kind of inadvertently shined a light on it. Yes. Like he didn't mean to. Right, he's just trying to get it paid. He was just trying to to fight his fight of like, "Hey man, like this team said they were going to give me this." Yeah, and, I've been, and then they didn't. Like I'm sympathizing with Bell this whole time and like the exact opposite for the most part for Antonio I, Brown. I've, I've talked on and, this show a lot about how I don't think the whole running back contract thing is a good thing. And we could talk about, I mean, the next big story is the Zeke contract. Zeke, yeah. But um, I don't like the whole running back contract thing because there's just so much data working against it that you shouldn't do it. Um, they need to be, running back contracts need to be loaded yeah, in short time. It's, it's, it's just, it's they need to be rethought of and reconstructed to where yes. they're extremely front loaded. And they're on shorter contracts. Right. Now, the players may not like that because they're going to think, okay, well, my contract's two years, my contract's three years, I don't get any sort of long-term security. Yeah, but you're also getting a ton of money. So, like, 
if you play well and you don't get hurt, you're going to get another contract. But if you're getting, like, basically all anybody cares about is being the next highest paid guy. And the whole Bell thing, I was kind of like, I don't like the fact that Bell's asking for more money given his circumstances. Because cause that was happening at the same time the Gurley contract was happening. Yeah. And I made the comparison. I was like, Gurley's younger. Gurley's never been injured in the NFL. Yeah. At that time. No arthritis yet. He had no, he had no, yeah. He didn't well, know he about might the have had it, but yet. nobody knew it. Yeah. Right. He didn't have the multiple knee injuries. He didn't have the multiple suspensions. And at the end of the day, Pittsburgh wasn't any better with Le'Veon Bell than they were without him. Yeah. Well, like, it's not like they, it's not like Le'Veon Bell was preventing the Steelers from winning playoff games. Right. Because he wasn't available for most of their playoff games. Yeah. So, well, Pittsburgh mismanaged him. Uh, knowing if they knew this, and I'd, I'd say there's a good estimation that they knew this, and it's the reason why they kept franchise tagging Bell is because they knew that they didn't want to pay him. That they want to give him that contract because they knew they could probably be okay without him. Well, the, they should have been upfront about it. Right, and that's what, what was the criticism we had about the Colts last week? Yeah, was they that, need to be upfront. Yeah, if the Steelers would have just come to Bell and said, "Listen." As opposed to franchise tagging him and telling him, hey, if you play under the franchise tag, we'll give you your contract. Do you want to trade? They should have, yeah. They should have just, they sh- and that's why I said from the jump. I'm like, if you're going to string this dude along, just trade him. Just make him sign the franchise tag and trade him. Like, yeah. someone will take him. Like, someone will take him off your hands. You part ways mutually. We're saying, hey, we can't pay you this money, but we're going to find somebody that can get you your money. Like, Le'Veon has been, despite, through the whole process, and this is why I think it was unfair with the whole Bell and Brown thing, people were kind of comparing the two. Antonio Brown has been released. Hold on. Let me... As of right now? As of right now, Antonio Brown has been released by the Oakland Raiders. Get out the phone. Let me read to new. Not subject. Well, as you guys are reading that stuff, I'll finish my point. I was yeah, saying, go ahead. Um, Le'Veon was very... Candid and very upfront about how he he has no hard feeling. It's not like I said. It's it wasn't about he didn't he wanted to get out of Pittsburgh. He couldn't stand playing with Roethlisberger. He couldn't. He hated his teammates and all this stuff. He didn't want to burn any bridges. Bell handled his situation about as oh god. Bell handled his situation. Way better than Antonio did. Right. By the way, if that picks up, that siren's on our end, not you guys. Oh, yeah, by the way, if that, if that siren it's picks the up. the 12 o'clock. I don't know if that happens in other places. It's it only doesn't. in the Midwest. It doesn't. It's just the Midwest. Just the Midwest. We get yeah. a siren at noon on Saturdays. They test the tornado sirens every every day at noon. It's not even every day. It's just like Saturdays. No, it's every day. No, it's every day. Oh, it's every day. Oh, okay. Every single day. Most of the time, Matt's asleep past noon if he's not at work. That's not true. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just think that... Mike Tomlin losing control of the locker room, I think, is a tad bit of an exaggeration. I just think Mike Tomlin doesn't have as tight of a ship. And he just kind of lets players do what they want. And most of the time, that's not going... Because most of the time, the players that are there like, are not going to act the way... Like, Antonio Brown is a special case. Yes. Uh, like, he's a very special case. Like... He's in that aura of like T.O., Ocho Cinco, Randy Moss early. Like, he's in that group, right? Yeah. 98% of NFL players don't want 
to cause drama in a locker room. No, they they want they want to exactly they be want to part show of a up, good culture. They want to play, they want to do their job, they want to have a nice team atmosphere. So I think Mike Tomlin losing control of the locker room, I think is more of an exaggeration versus Mike Tomlin runs a not as tight of a ship. Like he kind of lets his guys do what they want to do. The problem is, is that Antonio is better than all of them. Antonio's the best player on the team. And everybody knows that. So Scott Van Pelt said it last night. He's like, we all know the way the world works. If you're really good at your job, you get more leeway than people that are not as good at their job. That's the way it works. And every, everywhere. Yep, every job. The problem is, is that Antonio was given so much of a leash in Pittsburgh that Antonio has convinced himself that that's the way it needs to be for him. Yep. And the Raiders clearly is this is a fucking roller coaster, dude. I was just getting ready wow. to bring a thing because uh, thirty minutes ago, and about an hour, an hour and a half ago, the uh, he posted the thing. Release me. About thirty minutes ago, there was a ESPN source that said uh, talk to someone from the Raiders, and they're acting as if AB's still going to actually play on Monday night. They're not going to suspend him or whatnot. And then as of 11.56 a.m. and it's 12.02, so this is f- six minutes ago to us from the official Oakland Raiders Twitter account. The Raiders have released wide receiver Antonio Brown from the team today. So, like, no one broke the story except for the team themselves. And I was laughing because there's a really bad joke underneath. I'm going to say it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh... I'll give this guy's Twitter handle, so if you want to get mad, get mad at this guy. Uh, at Kevin Mick says, hate to CTE it. <laughs> That's such a bad joke, and I giggled. <laughs> That's a horrible joke. That's unfortunate, the one, right man. Below, the one right below that is from at Old Man Breeze, which is, I guess, uh, a Drew Breeze mock account. It's like one of the... Nike things that says, fuck them crackers. <laughs> <laughs> People move fast with memes, man. Honestly, now oh that... Oh my god, uh, the fucking Spongebob AB like, I, I'm a head out. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's happening. The storm's coming. Um, honestly, bring it a little bit down to earth here. Mr. Big Release. <laughs> I really hope that I don't think any team is really going to sign him right now. No, hell um, no. I hope he takes the time. I mean, he's he, not going to take the time. He wants his money. I know, but he needs to take the time to step away from football Well, <laughs> and figure his shit out. Bill Belichick has entered the chat. No, no. Hey, everybody. Hey. We me, me got Joby and Corey here. A little update happened. Yeah. On the Antonio Brown roller coaster that I've... Most likely and hopefully smartly pasted this as we are at the end of the discussion about Antonio Brown. Inception could never. I nobody could have predicted this. So last time we reported, he was cut by the Raiders. Not even three hours later, he has been signed to the New England Patriots for a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal. And let me tell you, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the fuck. This is insane. This is uh, un- unprecedented. Yeah, definitely. Every everything this off season has almost been unprecedented when it's come to Antonio Brown. Yeah, did he is just made. 
He's just done some shit this year. I can't. Are the are the couple quick questions like are do you think the Patriots will be able to contain him? Um, I re, if I I'm gonna be I'm gonna play the role as the Brown the Antonio Brown apologist. Okay, go ahead. All right. So he there's an article that came out yesterday about the Steelers about how the Mike Tomlin killer bees became just Mike Tomlin and Big Ben. Right. You have Le'Veon come out starting last year with the franchise tag or the year before saying that, you know, the all this stuff and people just think he's like masking it like, oh, he wants more money. He wants to be the top paid wide or he wants to be the top paid running back. You know, he wants all this money and everything. And then you have Antonio come out and, you know, he's becoming a diva. He doesn't come to the game or whatever. He doesn't come to practice because Ben called him out on some shit. And, you know, Ben never receives any flack for any of calling out his throwing his teammates under the bus or anything. Yeah, this is something that I remember we talked about this uh, right when the Antonio Brown trade happened. Right. And this is uh, something that still hasn't gone addressed. Mm-hmm. Now, by the looks of it, uh, Ben Roethlisberger canceled his uh, his radio appearances. He doesn't. He used to go on a weekly Pittsburgh radio show, and he doesn't do that anymore. And I wonder if part of that is because of everything that happened. Right. Um, yeah, that's one of the like he was Ben Roethlisberger was from what I read in the article was almost going through everything like unchecked. He was coming to meetings late or just before they started. He was, uh, you know, he was just kind of lackadaisical in his leading, mm. his leading. And, but everybody else was expected, like, you know, to do this, do this, and do this. And so there was a feeling of, all right, well, we're all star players too. Like, why don't why is Ben the only one getting special treatment from this team? Why is Ben the only one that's has to allow to come to these meeting lates or skip meetings or you know? Uh, and that's if you go back, that goes to Levy on saying, "Well, I just want to be treated. You know, I want to be. It's just it's the way they treated me." Yeah. And then you have A. a- B. Who is goes all the way back to college reports he's the hardest working person he's selfless there's goes all the way back to him in central michigan wherever he was saying that he is one of the best hardest worker selfless teammates ever but then you have and or you have ben roethlisberger coming out calling him on his shit like antonio's had to then responsible for at least a fourth of Ben's yards for the past five, six years. Right. And he's doesn't catch one ball in the end zone in double coverage. And he's the one that gets shit for it. Yeah. No, I agree completely that both bell and Brown were done dirty in the whole situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, Levy on bell, you have like going all the way to the top for him. You where you had hit, 
Uh, he was told he was told by by the upper management, hey, if you get through the year, stay healthy. We won't tag you. We'll give you a contract. He does it. He pulls it off, right? And right. he's a person who's been plagued with injuries, had all these off-the-field problems. He pulls off a full season, right? Mm-hmm. And he's fine. He doesn't get hurt, nothing like that. So he's like, where's my contract? They fucking tag him. And at that point, like, of course you're going to want to go. Right. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you? I, I, I completely sympathize with that. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, like, is a really similar situation where you know, there's no reason why... Like, he should be getting as much shit when Ben gets nothing. Right. And then, but what I want to focus on going forward from that is once he's at the the Raiders, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not sure how you excuse his actions there as far as showing up late to practice, getting in the altercation with the GM. This is stuff that a hardworking, selfless player probably shouldn't do. So I wonder if his personality changed since everything happened in Pittsburgh. Um, Well, you have... Then you have John Gruden. And, yeah, who's a very and, interesting character. In Oakland, who's, you know, he's, from everything he's said, he's fought tooth and nail to get Antonio and for Antonio since he got there. Right. And then you have Mike Mayock, who's the GM, maybe not being as excited for it you have the raiders as an organization who earlier this off season when they had so much cap space available comes out that they actually they have the cap space available but they don't actually have the money for it right and then you have them giving antonio this 32 million dollar guaranteed contract or 30 whatever it was he was 32. Yeah, it was yeah. Thir- 30. It was 30. Yeah, you have this huge contract that they give Antonio after that. You, then you, like, you finally come to an agreement with Antonio, and you, like, Gruden finally gets him back. He has that phone call with him. He's like, hey, like, we need you, I, I want you to come play football. You're like, you're you're amazing, you're the hardest worker, like, I, I need you, I want you on my team. And Antonio's like, you're, he says you're a great football player. And Antonio goes, it's not about football. I'm a person. I'm more than a football player. And people are treating me like property. People are treating me like garbage. I'm, the first thing that come or the first thing that happened was... He started missing practices because of his feet. The feet thing with the Oakland Raiders not providing him the right equipment for the cryogenic chamber, and then his feet got frostbite. So he has to take time off to get his feet fixed to do that. Do you you think he was getting fined? So you're saying he was getting fined during his injury? I'm not saying he was getting fined then, but then he comes back... And his feet started getting better, and he comes back, and he has the helmet issue. Uh, the helmet he has, he it says he doesn't want to play in it. It obstructs his vision. It's too tight. Like he should be as a person, as a as a human being. It's his safety. He should be able to wear the equipment that he feels is satisfactory to him. And then, okay. then you have the league and the Raiders telling him, 
no, you can't. We need to protect you. You're an asset of ours. Hmm. I, I see. I see the angle you're taking on right. this. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then, you, so then he gets angry and the for, for the first time, and the Raiders like, all right, you know, we're, we're trying to get you back. We'll take your side, you know, and we'll side with you. And then he loses a grievance against the league because, of course, he's going to lose the grievance because the, the it's ran by the league, so the league's not going to lose a grievance against itself, right? And then he challenges it again, and it fails again. So then, after that, that's when, after they challenge it again, the Raiders were like, well, this that's it then. We can't, you just got to come back to practice. You got to do what they say. You know, it sucks, but whatever. Yeah. What happens after that is, well, you said you were going to have, you said you had my back on this, and now you want to go back on that. And then Mike Mayock starts getting ticked off being like, all right, what's the fuck's going on here? Like we traded for this guy. We paid this guy. He should be here. And so you have John Gruden then call and being like, all right, well, I, we need, we need you back. Like this is, this is it. We need you back. The games start next week. And Antonio goes like, you said you had my back on this. Like I'll, I'll be there, but I'm a person like this should be my choice. I should be able to make my own decisions. I can't be coddled all the time by everybody around me. I have to be able to make decisions for myself. And he comes to the practice or the facility or whatever. And Mike Mayock, something happens and the altercations flips between Mayock and Antonio. Mayock probably makes a snide comment about him not being there, which is probably reasonable. Antonio being under the microscope of the media all this time snaps at him like having everybody in the league in the world that watches him call him the villain. He's like, fuck it. Like what's the worst that can happen at this point? I'm already being scrutinized by everybody. And he snaps back at Mayock. Yeah. Mayock decides, all right, that's it for him. He wants to call me out on my shit or whatever. When we try to fight for him, when Gruden tried to fight for him, he's not going to get his guaranteed money. We don't have it anyway. Mm. So, and I don't, I don't fucking... At that point, if you're not getting paid by your team, why the fuck would you play for them anyway? Right. Yeah, especially in a team he's had all these problems with, too. Right. I, I completely... At that point, I understand him asking for the cut. Because, like, why would you? And another team can sign you. And another team did, very quick, the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I guess, works out for them pretty well, considering Nikhil Harry's out. Right. Um, it, it's, it's really not, like... Damn, him and Josh Gordon are going to be playing together. Think about that. And Edelman in the slot. Oh, my God. That's know. scary. And Patriots going to win, like, 14 games? I don't I don't know. It's going to take a while for Antonio to get on his feet there into the system. Like, I mean, Josh Gordon was out of the league for a while, but he couldn't even come back and, like, you know, start. Yeah, he didn't play for, what, two weeks after he got there, right? right? Yeah, the third week he started playing, he did pretty well. I, I wouldn't be surprised just because 
Antonio who he is. He uh, he could come out and play. Like if they have special plays, they can go over like, hey, we got these scripted plays for you to come in. You're just this. Only thing you have to know is you're going to run this route, this route, this route, this route. And then if we want to change it, we're going to say green 42. Right. So that's like, he might be like on a pitch count or something, like yeah, just because that. they had those scripted plays for him. Like on, but I mean, it's even running a, a go route. He's one of the, he's probably the deadliest receiver in the league, just running a go route just yeah. because he might not be, I mean, he's fast. He might not be the fastest, but he's still like, just great immaculate ball placing, you know, is like yeah. just pinpointing where it's going to be. It's just every his work happened. He he just knows what to do. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how he is as an athlete. Yeah, he's going to be an incredible asset to the Patriots as long as he plays. Right. Um, I I I honestly I really hope that that this is it for that. Like I want this to be over. Yeah, I think everybody wants, including Antonio Brown, wants this to be right, over. That's what... And uh, thankfully, the Patriots is a very closed-door organization, which I think will be good for him. I right. think uh, the whole hard knocks thing going on with the Raiders when they signed Antonio Brown probably cast an extra spotlight on him that he didn't want in a time where he was already kind of messed up emotionally mm-hmm. after everything that happened with Pittsburgh, coming right off that and getting signed to the Raiders, having to you know pack up and move over down there, and just like. All of that just probably just probably made him snap, right? And hopefully this helps bring him down a little bit. Uh, everything from everything that we heard from players who went into the New England organization, like from the Steelers and other places, <laughs> heard them say how well the place is run, how tightly knit the ship is, how good of a work ethic everybody there has. Yeah. Hopefully that's the thing that Antonio Brown needs. Cause I, I want him. I want nothing for him but to succeed. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fit in. Very well there, you know, he's, uh, like, a lot, all those people that come out and say that, too, say, like, it's, it's not like it's a fun place to be, like, it's, it's hard work, like, you're working, you're, it's hard, hard fucking work. Yep, but it pays off. And that's, from everything else we've heard about Antonio Brown since, until, like, you know, this moment is how hard of a fucking worker he is, how much he, like, pours himself into his, his craft, and then you have the Steelers come out and start, especially right after this Le'Veon Bell stuff, which they can like almost instantly paint their player, any of their players, as the vict- or as the villain. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. But it is that is such a. One of the craziest and most fascinating things that has ever happened to the NFL. Yep. This whole saga is just fascinating. Like I said, I hope, I want this to be fucking over, man. <laughs> I want Antonio Brown, I want him to go somewhere to be happy to play great football. Because he's he's so talented and he's, he's so awesome. I want nothing for the best for him. I just hope this is over now. Yeah. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. The, the, the Patriots don't need him. Bel- Belichick would never... They just got down to their 53-man roster. Belichick's not going to cut someone from his team to bring him in to play for the money he's going to demand to play for. Yeah, but it's Bill Belichick. He'll be like, listen, A.B., you play what I 
tell you you play. I for don't him. know if that'll work. That I don't think that'll work on him. He needs time. I don't know, man. I Antonio think Brown needs time away from the NFL. I don't he's going to go to I the think XFL. Time makes it worse. He's not going to get the money he wants in the XFL either. Yes, he well, will. He's, he's not getting the money he wants ever again. He just pissed it away. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't he think he anybody... a ball. Told Mike Mayock, find me. Cracker, and he did. Now he lost his money. Now he's getting cut. And now whoever picks him up or signs him, they're not going to give him thirty million. Absolutely, and not. then he won't play because that's what he cares about. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he wants. Uh, well, in that case, his career might officially just be donezo, over, finito, capiche. That's not another one for finish. That's do you understand? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that fit in the in, within the context, but Sorry. I love I love how. When the trade first happened with the Raiders, everyone was like, man, the Steelers only got a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio. Now it's totally, man, the Steelers got a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio. Yeah, the Raiders literally got nothing. Which we drafted a player. Oh, I want to use this as a moment to kill another story. All the A.B. and Odell Beckham comparisons. Gone. They should have been gone before. Do you notice how, like, fine... Odell's been in Cleveland. He had the one GQ article where he, or but that was him and Baker talking about Giants fans and whatnot. But even then, he he's done nothing normal. but been a good o- teammate. Won the locker room over. Odell has never been as critical as I've been about Odell. Odell's never been a locker room problem. No, Odell. Odell is. He's, and, and here's the thing about he's Odell: st- overly passionate. Yeah, Odell is such a. This is this is a, a um, I want to say a trendy term. It's one of those like terms that has been thrown around a lot lately. Odell is an influencer in a large way. Yeah, locker rooms kind of wrap themselves around him because he's so likable and because he's so charismatic. Which is why when he freaks out on the sideline. And punches kicking nets and gets in fist fights with Xavier Rhodes and Josh Norman. And he's slamming his helmet and snot's coming out of his nose. And he's leaving the field early to go get treatment even though there's two minutes left in the game. The players don't react to him as like, what the heck are you doing? No, the players like, 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 he's kind of a, a a leader. And the players kind of follow. I would also say the the things that you just mentioned were him being passionate about the game. That's true. The, yeah, the, there's a, well, there's I, a distinct I wouldn't say difference. the fights were. <laughs> I'd say the fights were him being like him being treated like a lot of other receivers get treated and not being able to handle it. Because I guarantee you that Josh Norman trash talks everybody. Yeah, he does. And, he's, thing. and Julio's never gotten into a fight with him. DeAndre's never gotten into a fight with him. Michael Thomas has never gotten into a fight with him. Well, yeah, Odell, Odell is. Yeah, Odell has a he has a temper for that. I think a lot of it once again stems from his passion for the game. Yeah, but that's you, what I see a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the Cleveland locker room now. There's this giant, giant article about Cleveland and everything that they've done this off season but and what, everything that's been what happening. I'm worried about. And here's the thing I'm worried about. And this is one of the things in Cleveland that I'm worried about because they've wrapped their arms around him. Like the Giants did, right? If Odell, for whatever reason, I don't care what it is, which by the way he's hurt, by the way, shocked and amazed, that he'll he's be injured. He'll be fine. Um, 
He said himself, like he said, he's like, I've never dealt with this injury before, and it's a scary injury because it's your hip injury. Yeah. He he compared it to a really really fast car that has bad alignment, which is kind of a scary thought when you think about it, because basically what he's saying is that when he goes fast, he can feel like things that it can go at any second. That's kind of what he's saying. So, but aside from that, if Odell at some point this year is not happy about anything, about something, whatever it is, if Odell's not happy, no one else is going to be happy. Because Odell is, and I think I actually had a Browns fan that I work with mention this to me, that the reason why Baker shot, like kind of shot at the Giants and shot at Daniel Jones was for Odell. Like he said that for Odell. Like he's trying, he's, for whatever reason, this team is trying to like validate Odell being upset at the Giants for some reason. And I think that that's odd. And like that's coming from a Browns fan. Like I didn't come up with that. Like th- this, this dude, I mean, he's been a Brown, he's in his 40s. He's been a Browns fan his entire life. And he told me that. He's like, I think that's what it is. He's like, I think they're just trying really, really, really hard to make Odell happy. Because if he's not happy, it is going to have a catastrophic effect because he's the superstar. Like, you could say Baker's the superstar. Baker's not a... Odell's like a proven superstar. Like, Odell drove TV ratings for night games. Like, the Giants have sucked since they won the Super Bowl, and the Giants continuously got into primetime games because of Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Like, the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. is the reason why the Browns are a top eight favorite to win the Super Bowl. If Odell is not happy, then, like, okay, like, if Odell's pissed off at, say, like, uh, Freddie Kitchens, right? Say he's mad at him, for whatever reason. Say he's mad at the play calling, mad at the way he's running the team, right? Mm-hmm. Odell's best friend's on the team, right? Jarvis Landry. You really think Jarvis Landry's going to side with Kitchens? No. He's going to sign with Odell. So then you have your two number, your top two receivers pissed off at the coach. You can't have that. You can't have that. So I think the thing about Odell and the comparisons between AB and Odell is that AB seems to just be a nutcase, right? That is completely self-centered. He's self-absorbed. He's self-absorbed. He's gone. Odell isn't. Odell's not self-absorbed. I think Odell just doesn't understand the influence he has because he's such a likable guy. And he has none of those off the field issues, and he's very humble, and he is very passionate. So when he gets like worked up and fired up and angry, everybody else gets worked up and fired up and angry. Maybe outside of like Eli, because Eli has no emotions. Mm. Eli's just in like an automated robot at this point. You see multiple times he's on the sideline throwing shit, and like the, the, the other players weren't really that angry. I think that no, there's so the merit. Players didn't get mad at him. I no, think no, that's no. the difference. No, think, not in general. Players, like, not at all. I think the players in Pittsburgh were, like, irritated with Antonio. I don't think the players in New York were irritated with Odell. I think they sympathized with Odell, and they sided with Odell. I think it's Odell. way easier to sympathize with Odell. Yeah, but, Him- that's, but that's a scary thing when you're a young team like Cleveland... Who doesn't want that? Him like, getting they fucking, really don't want that to happen. Odo Beckham Jr. getting two owed by a fucking uh, by a, by a kicking net is like th- the funniest thing, and 
it literally doesn't matter. This is this is a his his passion the way he the way he yells about his passions wherever on the sideline. It's it's fun reporting, sure, fun TV. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Someone, it doesn't infe- it doesn't affect the outcome of the game. It doesn't. Well, it is. It's just. It's just it. It makes big money. Af- money. It makes an effect. It does take an effect on the psyche of his teammates, though, because I think, like I said, like people like him and people sympathize with him. So when he's, it would be like one of your good friends who's like really. Say you have a good friend who's like really really angry at their ex. Like, and they tell you about it, you're gonna be angry. Yeah. Like people like it you depends. Know, you, I mean, well, it. I guess I don't know. It, depends. it always like, depends. I it, there's a there's this really really cool article on Bleacher Report I read. Uh, it was very long. It's like ten pages long about about everything. This just kind of like collecting everything that's been going on with the Cleveland Browns lately, and like the like interviews with with teammates and like the things that they've said and. You see a lot of like them. There's a lot of talk, of course, in that article about Odo Beckham coming to Cleveland, and one of the big things that that came from it was a lot of a lot of the teammates saying, "Yes, Odell is here, and we know he's passionate, and we have to just let him be passionate, and it's okay. It's not a big deal. He can be passionate, and we can just, just play don't let the it game." Affect you. Right. Yeah. That's the big thing that they that they talk about. It's a big thing that actually Freddie Kitchens has been doing. With the team there, Freddie Kitchens also said that if you talk to the media anonymously, I'm firing you. Right, it's, his, his, which was the one bad thing. Yeah, There's it's very two interesting. Two bad PR things that have come out of Cleveland. Yeah, Baker saying that Duke deserved to get benched. That was bad. Shouldn't yeah, was, say that. Yeah, you shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say that. Uh, I guess there was three. The shot at the Giants that seemingly was random that he took. It wasn't necessarily a shot at Daniel Jones, as like people thought it was. Yeah, it was, it was shot more of a Giants. shot at the Giants. Which, once again, is because Baker because is also of, riled up at the Giants because of Odell. Because of Odell. Right. And then the third thing was the Freddie Kitchens thing, saying that if anybody talks to the media anonymously, he's going to fire him. Yeah. Which... That's bad. Whew, that's bad. Don't say that. But from everything that <laughs> that's players... That's bad. Don't say that. From everything that players have been saying, they love this, this new culture at Cleveland that's sort of been helped by, crafted by Kitchens and the new staff there. And uh, they said it feels like a completely different place from what it's been. From the you know they're out of the factory of sadness. Well, I mean, they're I wouldn't say they're out of the factory of sadness. They're building the new factory. Yeah, sure. Like yeah, the, like the factory, the new factory of of whatever uh, to be de- to be determined is under construction. And it's almost built. Yeah, like there's still a chance that you know. One of the contractors pulls, you know, pulls the funds out, and, and it never gets finished. Let's think about the NFL. All kinds of weird shit could happen. Who, who knows? Like you, you see, this team is completely stacked on paper. They can go eight and eight and miss the playoffs. You, you don't know. I know a lot of. It's kind of this weird thing where I know a lot of Browns fans, and they all irritate me. But the ones that irritate me the most are the ones that are refusing to believe that they're going to be good because they're trying to, like, get a cop out. Yeah. Because every single year before this year, I had to hear about how they were going to be better. Every single year, I had to hear about it. Oh, we're going to be better this year. We're going to be better than last I mean, year. It's like an undisputable fact. Now that, that they're, they're gonna be. actually going to be better, now they just want to hedge their bets and be like, oh, I don't know. I want to see us. 
I want to see him prove it. I want to see. Him. So you didn't want to see Brandon Whedon prove it before he took over when everyone was all hyped up about getting Brandon Whedon as your yeah. starter. I can't. I, God, I can't stand it. Like it's, I can't. That is there. It is infuriating to me that they are trying to like hedge their bets because they're so nervous. Because if this doesn't, work, I don't blame them for being nervous. Then. It's terrifying. It's not terrifying. You're going to be good. You're going to win at least nine games this year. Listen. Be happy. No, listen, listen. Going from, okay, all of the expectations over the years to just knowing that you're going to go in this season and just be dick dick butt bad. Well, Well, then don't act like you're going to be better. That's what irritated me is that they're like, you have to have hopes. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. You Skip have the whole football season if you're I, a Cleveland. I know fan. you. I know you fucking wow, hate Cleveland. Dude. Listen, I know you fucking hate Cleveland. But they had the Cavs for so long. You just look forward to basketball season. Jesus but, Christ! But dude. if you love your football team, man, like you, you're gonna have hopes going in every year. I, I am, I am knowing that one day, I'm. We're, the Packers are not gonna get lucky again in the the, the 32 year reign of having a Hall of Fame quarterback as the starter is going to end. And I will still be a Green Bay Packers fan. And the bad times will come, and I will be hopeful every year that the team will improve, because you have to be. Otherwise, what's the point? I'm not ever. Well, because you you have the luxury of uh, just luxury being obsessed of with a team that's always successful. That is not true. <laughs> it the, the regulars they have they're the they're the most predictably unpredictable team, and it irritates me. I am always it is yeah, it is very predictable that they will finish been high. In division contention for most of your life. It's a completely different thing. As and knowing that, that going in both, every year, you might go zero sixteen. Who has seen both sides? I grew up. Team sucked, and then we got dig for a meal, and we won a few uh, division titles, made it to the playoffs, lost whatever, but like we were good, winning ten, eleven games a year. And then he left, and we sucked again. <laughs> we won like three games a year, two games a year, one game a year. And then we fucking gave Romeo Cornell a chance at a coaching job after he done dick the Browns. Yeah. So like, yeah. Hope is a thing. It exists. You have to have it. And it's necessary. And when you're not when you're not used to uh, not mediocrity, you get more excited when you finally have that chance to be good. Shit. So you'd fucking rather three years ago when Aaron Rodgers missed the entire fucking season, right? Going in there and then you know we'd had to run. Is it three years ago now that they had to run Brett Hundley? Is that two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, right? And that happened very early on in the season. Going into every week, I was hopeful for a win. Every single week. Knowing that we were probably only going to win three more games max the rest of the year. And we did, by the way, three more games. So you mean to tell me that being hopeful when you're going to suck... It's good for your psyche. ...is better or or is the same thing as being reserved when you know they're going to be good. Yes. That is so Once again, it's good for your ridiculous. psyche. It's good for your psyche. It balances you out. Did it's okay to be I think it's it's they're more nervous. And we have we have a Browns fan who's a patron here and I'm sure he'll weigh in if he listens to this episode. He got pissed last I hope episode cuz I said something about Cleveland. But oh, I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't know. He's you know he's cuz he said that Odell's not a top 5 wide receiver. He can prove it to me and then I'll put him in the top I'm 5. Shocked. You know, I do love Odell, by the way. I do really, literally I mean, love Odell Beckham he's Jr. He's like 
easily top five. I, I would I would be inclined to agree. I just hope he doesn't get hurt again. I need to see, well, him. I need, I need to see him come back from That's the injury. My only moniker is when he plays a full season. Because, like, if you compare him to... Because I got the stats. If you compare He's him got to the DeAndre... Stats. I know. I understand that. Did, did Odell... Uh, I, I think it's it's so understated. I've talked about this many times before. I know we're getting off on a tangent here. It is so understated how important not dropping a pass is in the NFL because it's not a fucking track stat. And I've made this statement before that it needs to be an upfront stat next to their fucking yardage. How many passes they dropped? How many targets to how many drops? What's your percentage? That would be an incredible, important front-facing stat that should be attached to wide a, receivers. It's always an afterthought. With yeah, it, it, like, oh, it yeah, should not be an afterthought. The, the quality of your hands of being able to obtain that ball is just as important as being able to get that ball and run. Because if you can't get that ball in your fucking hands, what's the goddamn point? So when DeAndre motherfucking Hopkins, you look at that stat and it's 100% last year, you have to shit your pants. That's insane. Yeah, it's good. I get it. I, uh, I will pull whatever. up that stat for Odell Beckham Jr. and it will be categorically lower. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. He's, I know he's dropped one or two passes. It's been more than one or two. But. but like the thing is, when you compare all his other stats, they're only like a year apart in the league, and Odell beats him in like yardage and catches, and even like, and that's like, I know that. Yeah, you know, it's just like Pierce. Obviously, he's had the better stats. It's also a thing when when DeAndre came into the league, he was not the focal point of the offense like Odell was. Right. Like DeAndre walked into a team that Andre, had Andre jo- Johnson had Andre Johnson, and Andre was still the number one guy for the first like two two and a half years when DeAndre was there. Like Odell walked onto the Giants and he was the number one receiver. Like sure they had Victor Cruz still and like the but waning, he was like on his way out. Yeah, he was a, like Andre Johnson was still a thousand yard receiver when DeAndre walked in. So and I guess because I guess it's different because they didn't expect it from DeAndre. It's different. I guess it's different because like where they were taken. <coughs> like when the Giants took Odell, they were like, "Okay, like you're our number one wideout. That's why we're taking you." So, and plus Odell was part of that receiving class. That's the best receiving class in history, which is him and Sammy and Jarvis and Mike Evans and like just go back and look at the receivers that were t- like, oh, Devonte. I think Devonte Adams was in that class. Like it was insane. Yeah, the receiving class that year, um, but the we got on such a big tangent about Odell. I think it's important. The comparisons between him and Antonio are unfounded. I, I agree; they've always been unfounded. I think the their criticisms are different. Yes, the criticism about Antonio now is that he's completely self-absorbed. The criticism about Odell is that Odell's influence. On a team is something that he needs to understand. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be moments where, unless the team, like you said, unless the team kind of like can Understands just, it, can just like push it let off him to the be side him. and not let it affect them. Yeah. If they are letting it affect them, then Odell needs to have the awareness of like, I need to like not, I need to not do this. Right. Like, I need to pull it back a little bit because it's having an effect. Not even, It doesn't necessarily need to be a negative effect, but it is affecting people. And I think anything that comes with that comes with age and maturity. Even if you want to, he's passionate, he just has to hold his passions back, whatever you want to say about him. He's still, what, Odell's like 
Yeah. He's like 24, 25 years He's old. He's younger than us. Are we mature? We're passionate. Remember that time when Joker got announced for Smash Brothers and I screamed and jumped up and down like a kid? You know, just recently when Ban- when like Banjo comes out, today, I got up, I sprung up, we're in the, the room we're in right now, and I ran around and I knocked my trash can over, and I was like screaming, and then it happened again when Deadly Premonition was coming to Switch, <laughs> then it happened again when Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy were coming to the Switch. I was a wreck that day, because I was just up, about, running, and screaming. You're lucky that cameras weren't on you to see it. I would have loved for... To I paint loved you it. in a negative light. Right. I would have loved for cameras to be around <laughs> me when that shit happens. It'd be so I funny. Wish I was that's, watching well, that's it. someone getting excited. But that's also a cultural difference. Like, and I, I don't now. I don't usually get negatively passionate like that. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too owed by a, by a kicking net like Odell Beckham Jr. would. But th- there are people who are that kind of passionate. They exist. It happens all the time. You see it all the time. And that's what Odell is, just in football. Real quick before we move on to the projections, because they're going to take a little while. Um, the other big story, finally, Zeke showed back up and got his contract. He's yes. got his t-shirt. Yeah, got the highest paid running back now. Um, is Dallas just not going to have any money ever? I think they're just playing for the cap increases every year. The way, Am I wrong in thinking that the way they structured the contract, yeah, there's a lot of guaranteed and whatnot, but it's... They're they're balanced between front loaded and back loaded, so they have time to yeah germangle yeah it's it's Jerry structured Mangle. the same Jerry Mangle it's structured yeah. very similarly to Aaron Rodgers' contract actually, where you have it kind of yeah both front and back, and then they just, so they could try to finagle it and get the extra money. They want to give him a lot of money up front, and then have the security of a lot of money at the end if he plays through it to encourage him to try to get to the end of it right. Whereas the middle portions of it are when he's making the least amount of money, which will probably mean that he'll show up to camp and ask for more money during that period of time. Ah, we'll see. Well, I don't, I don't think... bag. I had my, my fantasy team name <coughs> in a league that I am in with my brother, who I talk to my brother a lot. Him and I have polar opposite sports philosophies on virtually yes, every do. single yes, issue. Yes, you do. Oh, my God. Uh... And I messaged, and my team name in a league that I'm in with him is Don't Pay Running Backs. <clears throat> and uh, when Zeke got signed, he messaged me and was like, Are you angry? And I was like, Not as angry as the Cowboys are going to be. Mm-hmm. When, you know, a year from now, in his, a year from now during his six year contract, and he's injured. Or, you know what? Actually, it's kind of funny because he's not even going to get the contract for another two years because he's two more years on his rookie deal. So he's going to get two more full years of hits and contact and hit and then hit again and then hit again. Oh, now he's supposed to make his money. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy, Cowboys. Have fun. After Ezekiel Elliott's touched the ball over the first five years of his contract 1,500 times. Yeah, well, you know, maybe he'll uh, be Frank Gore in Iron Man. No one's ever going to be Frank Gore ever again. I don't know what. I think Frank Gore must sleep in like a BAFTA tank. <laughs> From like Star Wars, like the one that like uh, that Luke's in. Yeah, I'm I, I, that has to be like Frank Gore has access to the one and only BAFTA tank, and he just sleeps in it. He spends all off season in it, and he just like, like if you were to poke him, like pink liquid would come out. Oh my god! But anyway, we're gonna do the uh, obviously the worst division in the NFL with the four worst teams. 
the AFC West. Get it, Matt. I made a joke about your your team. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go through this division. Uh, we'll do this one game by game. Uh, but then after that, we are going to go uh, back through the rest of the division super quick and just put our uh, our records Oh, shit. We've finalized. Uh, there's one more contract. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it. What's that? It's uh, Jared Goss contract. Oh, um... Do you want to just give a quick... Oh, well, Tyreek Hill got a contract, too. Yeah, he did, which which means that... Man, the only thing I can assume from that is that uh, he's definitely been cleared of all wrongdoing, and they're just going to move forward. Well, no, they just used the child abuse thing as a reason to sign him for less money. No, he's still... He's making Michael Thomas money. Yeah, no, he's making money. He, he's, no, that was that was a hot take I saw on Twitter. I'm like, that's not... That's not... No, he got paid. The, that's not true. Yeah, he's making Michael Thomas money. Uh, they're paying him a lot of money. And it's funny, because how many years was it? What, the it Tyreek Hill? Yeah, it was three years, right? You're right. Which lines up with what? I, when no. Pat Mahomes needs his contract. I don't know what you're talking about. So, they yeah. got, because Pat's got three more years, right? Because he's got the two years on the rookie deal plus the fifth-year option. Tyreek Hill's contract is going to, going to be up when Pat Mahomes' contract is up. And I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know. Bye, Kelsey. Bye, Sammy. Bye, Tyreek. We're Mahomes. We're, we're bye, Frank City Clark. Mahomes. Bye, Frank. Bye, entire defense. Bye. bye. What defense? Bye. I mean, the people, there are still 11 <laughs> guys. Bye, Tyron Matthew. Bye. It's going to happen. Pat, though. But he'll be making $50 million a year. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry, Matt. The same exact thing is going to happen to the Rams because they you know, they just decided to guarantee $100 million to a quarterback. Yeah, but Jared Goff isn't good. Right. And this is. <laughs> Did you know what his passer rating ranked when he was pressured last year? It was awful. 28th. Yeah. It was horrible. 28th. <laughs> What the fuck? Oh, you gotta, you it's, it's because it's because Jesus. it's because he's a little baby boy and does what he's told. Oh my god! By, by the papa. Now Jared, I told you when the pressure's in your face, get rid of the ball. I told you, sure thing, Dad. I, I broke that story <laughs> a couple months ago where they found Jared Goff standing in the locker room in Atlanta because Sean McVay never told him to go home. <laughs> so he's just been standing there in his pads. He's just McVay's little baby boy, and he's, he's like wandering around, not knowing what to do. Like you want you want your allowance this decade? And he's like, Yeah, sure thing, Dad. It's like, all right, here you go, sure bud. Sure thing, Dad. <laughs> all right. Let's go. I'm gonna start off. Uh, of course we're gonna read Corey's to you as well. Actually, he's gonna come in and well, let me ask him actually real quick. Yeah, make sure he's available. If he if he wants me to let me see. So we're I'll start off uh because Matt has to go last. Uh we're gonna start off obviously in last place. I don't think this is gonna be a shock is the Oakland Raiders. This is before the Antonio Brown thing happens. Man, now I can take the two wins I was giving them away. Um I have them uh starting out 0-7. Uh before they string together two wins, one against the Lions and one against the Chargers. I have them beating the Chargers. Uh losing to the Bengals, I mean, because that's a bad team versus a bad team. Beating the New York Jets, which is going to be kind of an upset based on where they're going to be at that point in the season. Uh, but then three straight losses against three uh, pretty decent teams. Well, I mean, like the upper echelon of teams. The Chiefs, the Titans, and the Jaguars. Uh, they also beat the Chargers again. So they sweep the Chargers. Does Oakland. Which is going to be a dumb thing that happens this year. Uh, and then I have them losing their final game of the season 
to the Broncos to finish four and twelve, two and four in the division. Um, Big oof. This is this is one that can be tricky. I have the Denver Broncos going six and ten, but I would totally not be surprised if they finish above five hundred. It basically comes down to like. Does Joe Flacco still suck? Bron- the Broncos I are the think- one that I like am most okay with missing games. Yeah, on. like I'm not gonna be okay- I'm not gonna be mad if I'm wrong about the Denver Broncos because there's so much. You have a defense that is already good, bringing in a <laughs> bringing in a really sharp offensive mind. Now, the one thing I'll say about Denver is that Vic Fangio and John Elway have absolutely no idea what they're talking about when it comes to quarterback play. No. Because everything that they've said about Joe Flacco has been statistically incorrect. Yeah. Like, they were talking about, oh, man, he's great under center. He can run uh, an offense under center. Joe Flacco took, like, 70% of his snaps last year out of shotgun, and he was god-awful. But the snaps that he took under center, he was even worse. So, like... Everything that they're talking about when it comes to him is just blatantly wrong. Right. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I should have I should have brought it. There was like an entire paragraph written in Warren Sharp's book about just the nonsense that John Elway spouts about quarterbacks. Because he, he's a terrible quarterback evaluator. Um, but at the same time, bringing Vic Vangio in, he's a very, very... He's probably one of the most feared quote-unquote feared defensive coordinators in the NFL. He already has a great defense. They bring in Mike Munchak, possibly the most underrated coaching signing all offseason because he is a fantastic offensive line coach. Um, it basically comes down to Joe Flacco and how he performs. But uh, I have the uh, sorry the Broncos starting out uh, 2-0. They pick up two games early on against the Raiders and the Bears. Sort of the Bears starting off uh, 0-2, which is interesting, before dropping five straight uh, to the Packers, Jaguars, Chargers, Titans, and Chiefs. They get back uh, on track against the Colts, beating them. They lose to the Cleveland Browns. They have their bye week, lose three more games. Vikings, Bills, Chargers, two of those games are on the road, especially at Bills. It's going to be a tough place to win. They beat the Texans, lose to the Chiefs, finish off 2-0, though, uh, potentially with a brand-new rookie quarterback playing. Uh, against the Lions and the Chargers, they finished six and ten. So this is one of my big changes that has happened over the course of the last couple weeks. I originally had the San the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers at Los twelve and four, Angeles, super Chargers. and the number one seed in the AFC. Originally, I docked them four games because Derwin James is out. They have a terrible offensive line due to injuries. Melvin Gordon's not coming back. Keenan Allen's coming back from an ankle injury. Hunter Henry's coming back from an ACL injury. I was super, super high on the Chargers, and then the Chargers did what the Chargers do and just K and just fold on top of themselves before the season starts. So I dropped them down to eight and eight. Um uh, I have them starting off two and oh. Games against the Colts and the Lions, losing to the Texans, beating the Dolphins and Broncos, losing to the Steelers, uh, beating the Titans, kind of going back and forth all year, kind of seesawing, losing to the Bears, beating the Packers, losing to the Raiders and Chiefs, 
uh, coming back, beating the Broncos, losing to the Jaguars, beating the Vikings, losing their last two games of the year versus the Raiders and versus the Chiefs to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And obviously that means I have the Chiefs winning the AFC West, winning the entire AFC as the one seed. I have them going 12-4. and four. Their only loss is coming against the Colts because, haha. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. Um, losing a game against the Packers... Which I think I'm a little bit more con. I, w- I picked that game initially. I'm a little bit more confident now. Um, <laughs> watching the Packers defense, that it's not just going to be some crazy shootout. Because um, mm. Aaron hasn't been able to win the crazy shootouts the last couple of years. Um, I also have them losing to the Titans. So extra super sad Matt Dustman with a loss to the Colts and a loss to the Titans. You're memeing the losses. Um, and then a loss to the Patriots. Um, because Nick Wright can't be happy, and uh, I want Nick Wright to be happy. Yeah, because Nick Wright just can't be happy. His happiness, he is has my happiness. He's gonna okay. have to go on Colin Cowherd's show and get ripped apart because the Patriots beat him again. Uh, but they win enough games. They win twelve games. They go six and zero in the division, sweeping everybody and getting the one seed in the AFC, similar to last year. Is, and is Corey coming in, or am I gonna do his picks? Hi, Corey. What's up? So we are adding this as a little addendum at the end of all this, since uh, Corey couldn't make it to the recording today, but I really wanted his prediction. So we got him in yeah. a little late, and I'm just going to patch him in right when uh, <laughs> Kuiper does a thing where he's like, should I read Corey's predictions? And I'm just going to pop it right there, and this is when this is going to come in. Cool. So, Corey, yeah. what's your predictions? All right, so I don't think it comes as any shocker that I have the Oakland Raiders as 3-13. and 13. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's pretty close to that. Uh, that is my worst record right now in the league, so that gives them the first overall pick next year. Uh, I have them winning three games. Well, obviously, I have them winning three games, and they don't win one until week eight against the Texans, <laughs> and then I have them winning week 10 against the Chargers, and then week 14 versus the Titans. Fun fact, Matt has them going 1-15, and and the only game they win is that is that Texans game. <laughs> Well, you know, that's where it's at. Uh, I've been really cooling off on the Chargers. I think everybody's had. Yeah, definitely. I have them at 9 and Mm -hmm. 7. I want to... I wouldn't... It really wouldn't surprise me if it was worse than 9 and 7. Yeah, same. Um, But that's what I feel comfortable at right now. I have them losing back-to-back weeks against the Colts and the Lions. I think I gave, I think I might have gave the Lions an extra win from it um, to put them up to seven and nine. But uh, because I think Lions are more of an eight and eight team than what we said earlier in the season, I had them at six and ten. But yeah, I have them losing. Anyway, back to the Chargers. I have them losing the first two weeks against the Colts and the Lions. I still have them losing against the Colts, um, even after the Andrew Luck stuff, because I don't. I that offensive line they're trotting out in front of Philip Rivers is terrible. They don't have Melvin Gordon, who isn't that great of a runner anyway. He's more of like you know he has to keep getting his touches and touches. But I don't think Austin Eckler's any better than. No. Melvin Gordon. Absolutely not. He's a little worse, actually. Yeah. Like, he can catch passes, and he's going to probably catch a lot of passes when Phillip's dumping him off when he has .0 seconds to get the ball out of his hands <laughs> against the 
Colts defensive line, but yeah. Uh, and then they win against the Texans, Dolphins, uh, lose to the Broncos. Broncos pass rush, especially under Vic Fangio, is going to be insane this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, they'll beat the Steelers and Titans, lose to the Bears, pass rush against that offensive line, you know. Uh, beat the Packers. I might... I think I already had the Packers pretty high, but I might be able to change that one, too. Yeah, I also had the Packers losing that game against them. Um, beat the Raiders. Uh, beat the Chiefs, which is also another one that they could... I mean, I don't think the Chiefs has that great of a defensive front, even with Frank Clark acquisition and the D Fort. Was the D Fort departure? Or who, who, yeah, who it was left? D Fort. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's probably going to be about the same. Uh, they have their bye week and they'll come back and beat the Broncos, lose to the Jags, uh, beat the Vikings and Raiders, and then lose to the Chiefs. Um, and that puts them at nine and seven. Like I said, I could see that easily being flipped to seven and nine. Um, then I have the Broncos. Uh, winning two at the beginning to start the year against the Raiders and the Bears, uh, losing to the Packers, going on a four straight win streak against the Jags, Chargers, Titans, and Chiefs, uh, losing or losing three out of four weeks, including that includes a bye week, uh, then beating the Bills, losing to the Chargers and Texans, and then ending the year with beating the Chiefs, Lions, and Raiders. Uh, Kansas City is next. They have... They lose to the Jaguars week one. Which is... I guess I did that. I don't know. Uh, then they'll win five straight. Raiders, Ravens, Lions, Colts, Texans. Lose a game. Oh, wait. Hmm. Yeah, they'll lose a game to the Broncos, uh, beat the Packers and the Vikings, lose to the Titans and the Chargers before going on bye week, uh, beating the Raiders, losing to the Patriots, Broncos, Bears, and Chargers. Uh, I don't know if you kept track at all, but the Broncos and the Chargers are both at 10 and 6. Yeah. Where'd you set? Well, oh, that was that was the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the oh. Chiefs, and the Broncos are both at ten and six. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Who wins it? The Broncos, don't they? The Broncos win it. <laughs> yes. They sweep the Chiefs throughout the year. God damn it! Why isn't Matt here? <laughs> uh, oh, like, that's I just, so funny. I we haven't heard too much about the quarterbacks this year in Denver ever since they got Flacco. So I really think they might have gotten their guy in Flacco. Um, they, the, but that's not even the reason why they win, because they already, already have a good rushing attack and a possibly even better one if Roy Freeman step up, steps up this year. But they also have that defense under Vic Fangio. I really think they are trying really hard to emulate the Peyton Manning Super Bowl Broncos. Right. It looks like they're trying to emulate it. And they, they could have hit it. Mm-hmm. With Joe Flacco, we don't know, right? It's, uh, I mean, they're obviously not going to have uh, the P- 
Peyton Manning they had that first year when hit with him in Denver, but they, I mean, they won the Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler. And yeah. Barely on his hind leg. Right. They, they can do it. Like, they can do this, which is terrifying and dumb, and I love it. Right. So, um, <laughs> I was really high on Denver's defense this year. The pass rush is only going to get better. The only thing they don't really have is that uh, linebacking core. Um, their corners are all serviceable, good corners, you know, led by Chris Harris. It could could happen yeah do you have any uh did you make any adjustments to your sheet yet since uh like i said i think the only one i really did was um i think i gave the chart or the lions an extra win right nothing to the colts uh no i haven't touched the colts yet i might bring them down a couple uh i'm gonna do that tonight mm-hmm. yeah um, and then uh i i was gonna give the Cardinals another win. I was like, well, I can give them a win against the Giants, but that would put them in third in their division, and I don't really I want them. I still want them to win the division, so I'd have to adjust a couple other things. Yeah, um, you have you have a little bit of time. Just get, get yeah. him into Kuiper, and then he'll, he's going to post our final like records and stuff like that on Facebook. Okay, once it's all said and done. Yep. So then you know our bets can go underway. Mm-hmm. It'll be a fun time. Do you want to wait and just do yours? Oh, I can. Corey actually I have to make one. I, if there's one adjustment I forgot to make, I'm about to finish it he was right gonna, now. He was going to like phone him in, I think. Uh, yeah, and there, there, there's just uh, one more. There's one more game I wanted to fix that I forgot to fix. So let me finish that real quick. Okay, uh, we're good. All right. So in in last place, I have the Oakland Raiders. Of sure. course, um, I have them uh, going six and ten now. I might I, I might end up changing this one more time because of the Antonio Brown release. I'm not sure yet. I have I still have a day to decide it. <laughs> but uh, I guess not. Actually, we're locking our picks, so I guess I'm keeping them at six and ten because I don't know what else to take from them. But I have them. Uh, I have them losing their first seven games, <laughs> and then uh, I have them squeaking one out against the Lions. Uh, Losing to the Chargers. Then I have them winning four straight against the Bengals, Jets, Chiefs, Titans. Then uh, I have them losing Jags, then beating the Chargers, and then losing the last week to the Broncos. Finishing at 6-10. and 10. I, There's not so much I can say about the Raiders. They still look a little lackluster personnel-wise. They have, out of all the teams in the NFL, they have the most undrafted rookies in their team. Who's that? The Raiders. Okay. Um, so they uh, have good, that's a good little stat yeah, there, Joby. They have that. a lot of young young players on their team that are unproven and probably need some work. So I think they have a long way to go, and this year's not it for them, especially after losing Antonio Brown. Then next we have the Denver Broncos at seven and nine. Then they could easily go eight and eight. I agree. Easily. So, I have them winning their first two games against the Raiders and Bears, then losing two against the Packers and Jags. I have them uh, beating the Chargers, losing the Titans, uh, the taking squeaking out one game against the Chiefs, uh, losing to the Colts, beating the Browns, going on by, 
Losing to the Vikings, beating the Bills, losing to Chargers, Texans, Chiefs all in a row, and then winning their last two against the Lions and the Raiders. It's 7-9, in the division. Then at in second place, I have the Los Angeles Chargers, who um, I originally had at 11-5. and five. Uh, I docked three games from them. They're at 9-7 and seven now. Wait, you had 11-5? and five? I'm sorry, I docked two games. You docked two games. Two games, my bad. Two games from them. They're 9-7 and seven now from what I have, which I, I think I could still be very wrong on that. Even even with the, the players that they lost, I think they still have a very talented team. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Mike Williams is going to have a breakout year. I think uh, Philip Rivers should be the same as always. Good in good in games that don't matter. Right. Good in those random four o'clock games, and then the couple post game, uh, the couple primetime games they have. He doesn't win. Right. And uh, I kind of make that show through on here. They lose a lot of high profile games. Where I have them, I have them winning their first four games straight against the Colts, Lions, Texans, and Dolphins. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Which is like, I don't know. I think those are all teams they could very easily beat. All right. That's fine. Before, originally I had them, one of their, uh, I had them uh, losing to the Colts. And then I changed that and I changed two other games. That's probably why I said three games. Oh, okay. Yeah, because one of the wins I gave, I, I ended up giving them, because I, I had them losing to the Colts week one originally. Mm-hmm. Then uh, after that, I have them uh, losing, losing to the Broncos. Uh, beating the Steelers, continuing Fuck. that factory of sadness. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, out of everything that happened last year, yeah, uh, that game was the single most infuriating game. I, I, I imagine it will be infuriating. Again. Oh my god. Yes. And I have so them, many things went wrong. <laughs> I have them losing three straight to the Titans, um, the Bears, and the Packers. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure both the Bears and Packers games are going to be primetime games, if I remember correctly. Well, they'll lose. And they'll lose. They'll lose both. Right. I think those are supposed to be pretty high-profile weeks. Is Philip the Steelers Rivers just an older, more tenured Andy Dalton? I think he's just a more talented Andy Dalton, yes. Fair enough. <laughs> just lose all the big games? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's really important. They just they just kind of bust out. Uh, then I have them beating the Raiders, losing to the Chiefs, going on by, pulling another three straight against the Broncos, Jags, Vikings, and losing their last two. Overall, pretty balanced for them, but um, I I think now they just barely make it into the playoffs as the sixth seed, which is interesting. I had them like as a shoe in fifth seed. I had them as a shoe in playoff team. Like they were going to be the number one team, and then just the Chargers got a Charger. Yeah, they got hurt or lost people. I I'll, I'll never forget my, my one good friend traded. Nick, who is a Chargers fan, been a lifelong Chargers fan, and he is he's just such a happy guy. <laughs> he really is. He's the, he's honestly it's funny. He's uh, one of the happiest human disposition. He's one of the happiest human beings I've ever met. The only thing that makes him sad is the Chargers. And I'll never forget we were working together one day and it was a couple years ago before the season started. And uh I remember telling him like, "Hey man, you guys are going to have a really good team." And his exact quote was, "Yeah, that's until they all go out to lunch one day and they all get hit by a bus." <laughs> 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 and man, like man was he right cuz that was the year they went like they started off like 0 and 4 or 0 and 5. Yeah. And he came up to me a couple weeks later he's like, "Man, how about that hot playoff team you predicted this year?" <laughs> I was like, "Man, that's your team." He's like, "I know." He's like, "I know what they are." He's like, "I know how sad they make me." This dude has a pair of 
Ladanian Tomlinson's gloves. Holy shit. Like, went to a Cleveland game when LT was playing and got a pair of his gloves. Mm. Like, that's how much of a Chargers fan he is. And I feel so, so bad for him. Poor yeah. Chargers. Like, so oh. bad for him. The Chargers Crying had... Crying uh, shame. Crying I forget shame. What, Matt. I forget what year it was. The Chargers had the statistical best NFL team. Like, one of the best NFL teams of all time, and they didn't even make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. What year was they, that? They did a they did a a piece on that. I think it was in the 2010s. Yeah. Or like late 2000s. There's a there was a good series that that they I. They were the statistically yeah they were the this as far as like where they ranked in certain things they were the best team ever to never make the playoffs. Right. And that's just the most Chargers. There's a fun little video on SB Nation that I saw from that. This so sidebar, sidebar before you continue uh, because Zeke made the roster the Cowboys had to uh, cut Alfred Morris today. Oh, big rip. Rip in peace. They have that, they I thought have you that, wanted to know that. They that young kid that they, they got. Does this back up now? Yeah, Pollard. Yeah, Pollard. So what about the uh, what about the Chiefy boys? All right, I have the Chiefy Bees. Chiefy Bees, of course, winning that division 12-4. Uh, and four. Do you meme their losses, too? Uh, Here's the thing. I know sort you, of. I know you called me out on the meme losses. There's no such thing as a non-meme loss for the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, they. Oh, that's the problem, Matt. They only lose the meme games. I wouldn't do that if they didn't always lose the meme games. It's kind of a meme. I'm not even thinking <laughs> like, about it. It's kind of a meme. Um, I have them... All right, they they whip out their first three straight. Pat Mahomes is rubbing his dick all over everybody against the Jags, Raiders, and Ravens. Um, and then um, they go to Detroit and get fucking clobbered. In Detroit? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> because it's funny. <laughs> I need to give him a loss somewhere, man. Detroit sounded right. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I actually think that uh, Lions are going to be a sleepy team this year. But yeah, they sleepy still... as in you're going to watch them and you're going to want to go to sleep. Yeah, because it's going to be fucking it's bad football. I don't know about they just bad play, football. They just play bad football. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's going to be purely bad. They football. They play inefficient football. Right, but I. But they're they're going to get like some ugly wins this year, and I think one of them is going to be against the they, Chiefs. They had an ugly win last year against the Patriots. Right, that didn't matter. Right. Fun fact: last year, the five teams that beat the Patriots last year didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's so how don't it feel like it's a big deal if you beat the Patriots. Right, it's not a big deal. That's that's what happens. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Right. So, I have them uh, beating the Colts and Texans. Uh, originally a, a game I had I had them pegged for losing, by the way. Okay. You had them losing the to the Texans? Colts. Oh, the Colts. Well, yeah. I had them losing to the Colts originally, and then uh, I switched that shit up. Um, then I have them uh, losing losing one game in Denver. That, that, that tends to happen from time to time. It's happening this year. Again, yeah, Denver's hard to play in. Like, you can walk into Denver and just lose. It, it literally just happens. It doesn't even matter, like, how Denver is, mm. like, how good the team is that year. There is such – I think – I feel like there is a, just a stronger chance of just walking in Denver and losing. It's yeah. because of Mile High, because of, like, a, a whole factor of things, but maybe because they've always had a good defense. It's just – Breaking real quick. Yeah. Um, Atlanta has reached an agreement on a three-year, $66 million extension um, that is – Fully guaranteed. On Julio? On Julio. Nice. Holy $66 million. Fuck. That includes $66 million guaranteed, $64 million of which is due at signing. Holy shit. Whoa, they're just dumping $66 million on him when he signs the contract. Yep. That's insane. They're just giving him... He's, they're just going to give him a ton now, of money at the start. Now, here's a bunch of money. Please catch a touchdown. Yeah, right. 
Now, I would prefer... Please catch a touchdown in the end zone against the, the Eagles. Now, by the way, I'm, I'm one of the people that's on board for uh, c- contracts being fully guaranteed. I am too. But uh, it's good. Maybe, maybe this will help set a trend. I am too. Just fully guarantee NFL contracts. Right. You'll, make, you'll, make, you'll shut up. Not to say players should shut up. I'm just saying if you're from an owner perspective, right. you will shut up so many unhappy players if you just fully guarantee their money. Yep. Just fully guarantee their money. Like, you're going to solve so many problems. Make contracts easier, too. Yeah. Makes contracts way easier. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, back to the Chiefs. I have them winning their next four straight against the Packers, Vikings, Titans, and Chargers. I have the Chiefs beating the Packers at home, Matt. You know how, you know how much it hurt for me to put that little little green boy on there? Green Bay, the green boy on the not green. Team. I have them. I I think it's going to be a great game. I'm very excited for it, but I think the Packers will barely lose it. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And, yeah, they've had winning four uh, four straight against the Packers, Vikings, Titans, and Chargers. Uh, coming out of their bar, I have them losing to the Raiders. Hey man, I almost had an arrowhead. I almost had the upset of the year last year pinned down. Right. When I picked the Raiders to beat them the first time, and they almost did, you guys laughed at me. I'm like, I'm like, it's going to happen. And they were so close. And then the last game of the season, you guys beat them by like 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you just at, like just took out all your frustration. By the way, I want to let you know that I am going really against the green here because this is the Chiefs out of the bye week. Oh wow! Oh. So you're really going again. That that Andy Reid uh, boulder rolling down the hill momentum is actually going to carry him right into like a creek. Yeah, and it's just not going to get to the destination. Yeah, they do. They lose their next. They two, build a moat. They lose their next two straight after the bye. Either losing against the Raiders and then the Patriots. I really think if the Chiefs lose to the Patriots again, Nick Wright might have a conniption. Like I think Nick Wright might have a heart attack on air. Like, during first things first. Man, he um, wants them to beat the Patriots so bad. He wants, the, he wants the Chiefs to be the team that ends the dynasty. I think more than he wants them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, if the Patriot, if the Chiefs just end the Patriots dynasty, I don't think Nick Wright would care. If they lost to yeah. the fucking, I don't know, whoever. Okay, place. and finally, I have, uh, at the last three games of the year, I have them beating a likely tattered and broken Broncos, a very tattered and broken Bears, and a very tattered and broken uh, Chargers. I think I'll go 11 and 5? 12 and 4. 12 and 4, I'm sorry. 12 and 4. And uh, that uh, ties them up. I'll have to figure out the. Yeah, they would be the Patriots' number one seed and the uh, Chiefs' number two seed in the AFC. It was originally number two seed was originally going to be the Colts, right? If you remember, and mm-hmm. now the now the Chiefs have taken that. My spot. one and two were originally going to be Chargers Colts. Mm-hmm. I saw the and Patriots. Now I both have them seed. both going eight and eight now. The playoffs. Did you hear from Corey? Nope. All right, I'm just going to read Corey's off real quick. Uh, you just read it off. I'll tell him we just read it off. He, I mean, he's probably either sleeping or at work. Um, all right. So we got. Oh, I hope he did it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If he didn't do it, I'll wait for him. Let me know. Uh, oh, yeah. This this uh, isn't... It's not finished. Okay. Well, then don't worry about it. I'll record it. it. I'll record it with him later. All right, Matt. Lay it on us. 16-0. and 0. <laughs> What do you want to know? What's going to happen in the AFC West? Everyone's going 0-16? <laughs> 
Chiefs are going 16-0. and Pat Mahomes now, throws for 60 touchdowns. Now, there's no way to prove this, but I want it to be known. Well, y'all know that at the time, I did have the Colts as the number one seed in the AFC. I did say that. You did say that, yes. All right. Coming into today, I was ready to set up my own heartbreak. I had the Chargers as the number two seed. Oh. Right? Yeah. I had the Chargers and the Chiefs um, tied at 13-3. and three, And the only... Uh, you literally do this every fucking... They split. <laughs> you do this every division! No, but this one this one hurts him the most. I didn't do it every division. If I go back through, I did it for maybe half of them. But there's, yeah, there's a, a lot. lot that are... But this one, this one was going to be extra hurt because the one game that culminated in the tiebreaker was the Chargers beating the Colts and the Chiefs losing to the Colts, therefore losing the division to the Chargers. And being a 13-3-5 and three five seed? Yes. Man. Yeah. Oh, oh that's ever happened. <laughs> Good thing I don't have to worry about that anymore, huh? Woo! All right, Matt. High yeah. five. Yeah, let's go. All right. 16-0. and 0. Woo! No, Raiders are 1-15. <laughs> What's their only win? Against just, the Texans. Just rattle it off. I'm very good. Yes. That's expected. I'm proud. <laughs> I don't give a shit if they got Laramie that is that, that is all you have to say about the Raiders. You could move on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the the Broncos are as average as their quarterback. 8-8. Eight 8-8. Eight. Eight eight. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco ain't doing shit for you. But he's big. I don't care. Big man. John Elway cares. John Elway might be the worst person I've ever seen looking for quarterback talent. And I've seen Bill O'Brien. <laughs> right. He is worse. Bill O'Brien got Deshaun. So Bill that's O'Brien's his... GM got Deshaun. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Just because Bill O'Brien is now the GM. <laughs> and he's trading away all his draft picks for players to win this year so he doesn't get fired. Fucking piece of shit. I hate Bill O'Brien. Anyway, you can tell him I said that. Anyway. Whoever knows Bill O'Brien, I guess. If, you, if any one of you motherfuckers out there know Bill O'Brien, you can tell him Matt from Fad Pod would like to kick his ass. <laughs> Fuck. We're not talking about Bill O'Brien, though, because he's trash. We're talking about the AFC hey. West. Uh, name for the episode? Does anyone know Bill O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's so that's so obscure. Like in a show that all of our titles are obscure, that might be the most obscure <laughs> title we've ever come up. Like, do you, does anybody know Bill O'Brien? <laughs> Especially because we don't bring it up for an hour and eighteen minutes. Yeah. Or <laughs> you like you think we'd make an Antonio Brown joke? That CT joke was kind of funny. Talk about we didn't Zeke. come up with the CTE joke. Talk about. We went on another Odell tangent because it's what we do here. Anyway, the Los Angeles not superchargers. I have going eleven Damn. and five now. And they still beat the Colts and the Lions. They lose to the Texans, beat the Dolphins, Broncos, lose to the Steelers, beat the Titans, lose to the Bears, beat the Packers, beat the Raiders, lose to the Chiefs, 
Bye week, loses the Broncos, beat the Jaguars, beat the Vikings, beat the Raiders, beat the Chiefs, end the season 11-5, and five, which I think gets them a wild card slot. They get the second wild card slot. I don't know if they're the 5 or 6 seed. No, yeah, they're the 6 seed. They'll be the 6 seed because the 5 seed is the Steelers. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, the Steelers because I, I have the Browns winning the division there. And then your Kansas City Chiefos. Totally objective. Look, I had them losing the division until like two days ago, okay? <laughs> now they're going 14-2, and two, baby. Woo! Hell yeah! They don't lose a game until week 15 to the Broncos when they're getting ready to rest the starters and they don't give a fuck. And then they lose week 17 to the Chargers because they still don't give a fuck. Because they will have the number one seed locked up in week 14. <laughs> Because the next best team is twelve and four. Oof. And oh my god, I just realized with all my changes because I had to knock the Colts down to nine and seven. I have the Browns as the two seed in the AFC. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Not changing it. Nope, I'm locking in. The Browns are the two seed in the AFC at twelve and four. There we go. Chiefs, Browns. All right. Lock it in. Well, how about I just thought of something. Since we, if you guys don't know, believe it or not, we have a Facebook page. I wouldn't advise you to go follow it because. Facebook.com slash FADPOD. Yeah. We had like 300 engagements on the thing you just posted. So like. Uh, I didn't post it. Someone else did. I didn't do it. It clearly says in there that it's not me. The totally objective person that said that I'm going to win fad pod picks. It was not me. It was I'm our, not nearly that braggadocious. It, it was our fifth chair that... Our old producer, Josh, that produced exactly producer, one episode. Our old producer, Josh, who produced one episode, is now our Facebook social media person. Correct. That's right. I'm going to add... Oh, he's still in our Facebook fad pod chat, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. How about we do this? Since Corey doesn't have his AFC West done yet, we were originally going to do, we were going to lock in our records for each team. How about instead of doing that, we're going to go do something else that I thought about and uh, not thought about, but like I I spitballed the idea during our deep cut, which you could listen to if you subscribe to us on Patreon. Um, fat fatty. That's right. Fig, fat, How fatty. about... If you tune into the Facebook page either later today or tomorrow, I will be posting what our final records for each team will be. You can put mine's done. You can post it whenever right. you want. Followed by the pound key. Yeah. <laughs> the pound key. <laughs> followed followed by our picks uh, for this week's games, which we do every single uh, week. Of course, Corey was the champion last year. But here's a here's a, a fun thing that I want to do um, this year. Um, as we all know, football is or sport sports betting is legal across the country. Most states are kind of trying to be tricky about it, but for the most part, the entire country's kind of embraced the idea of of betting now. Um, so I'm on the 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 numbers I'm using. Uh, in case any of you want to follow along at home. 
are the lines that have been posted by NFL.com. I'm sorry, by ESPN using their uh, pigskin pick'em game. Um, I don't believe any of them have changed. Um, at least as far as when I originally locked my picks in. But I'm going to roll through the numbers, okay, for each game, okay? Both Matt, Justin, and myself, and Corey, um, all are attuned to this type of stuff. I mean, obviously, Matt works in a casino. Justin Corey works in a casino. Corey works at a casino. Justin has a crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> um, and his two friends work at a casino. Yeah, his two friends work at a casino. So I'm just going to roll through the numbers, okay? Uh-huh. And I want you guys to each pick two games. Are we are we going to start are we going to do our own stone cold lock of the century of the week but fad pod? Well, no. What I want you guys to do is I want you to pick two games <laughs> that you're going to be like, "Are you kidding me? That's what the number is?" And then you're going to pick two games that you were like, "I that is I will not touch that game. Like it's way too close." All right. Hold on. Let me bring All right. let me bring up. You said it's on Espen? No, I I have it here right in front of me already. Oh, okay. But if you want, it's on the Pigskin Pick'em, if you can find it on the ESPN Fantasy app. I don't know if you'll be able to, you might just have to download the app. Oh, I only have regular ESPN. I don't fucking have ESPN Fantasy. All right. So here we go. We're just going to go straight down the line, okay? Okay. Falcons and Vikings. Yep. Falcons are plus four and a half. Uh, Bills at Jets. Bills are plus three and a half. Titans at Browns. The Titans are plus five and a half. I really like this app, by the way, because they don't do, like, single points. Everything's a half, which I really like. Um, Chiefs at Jaguars. Jaguars are three and a half. Rams at Panthers. Panthers are two and a half. Ravens at Dolphins. Dolphins are plus four and a half. Redskins at Eagles. Eagles are, or I should say the Redskins are plus nine and a half, which is the second biggest line next to the other game that I'm about to say is the Bengals at the Seahawks. The, the Bengals are plus nine and a half. Colts versus the Chargers. Colts are plus two and a half. Obviously, that line changed drastically, I'm sure, when Luck retired. Cowboys uh, hosting the Giants. The Giants are plus seven and a half. Lions at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus two and a half. 49ers at Buccaneers. The bu- 49ers are plus one and a half in that game. Steelers at the Patriots. The Steelers are plus six and a half. Same exact line for the Texans-Saints game. The Texans are uh, plus six and a half. And then the final game of the week, which is arguably the must-see game now, um, is Broncos at the Raiders. The Raiders, I'm sorry, the Broncos are plus two and a half. I already know my two. All right, you want to know my two? Because I can tell them to you. Your two that are like, this number's really, really good, and bet the team. Yes. What are the two? One, the 49ers. They, they're, that's insane. That's insane. That's the easiest Stone Cold Lock of the Century of the week I've ever seen. Man, The, bro, the, the 49ers getting points in that game? They're going to absolutely decimate the Buccaneers, <laughs> okay? It's like Jimmy Garoppolo has a bone to pick. And he hopes it's not his shoulder bone. Right. But in general, the 49ers are going to be a good team. The Buccaneers are going to be a shit team. I don't understand where this line comes from. Vegas knows more. I get it. Whatever. (laughs) Vegas. But line makes no sense to me. It feels too perfect 
But that's why I think it's you're, you're base If you're picking the Buccaneers minus 1.5, you're basically picking the Buccaneers to win. Yes. And I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win. No, I don't think they're going to so, win. Right. And the second one, in a divisional matchup where they always play close, even when like one team is quote-unquote significantly better, I don't know how you don't take the 9.5 points that the Redskins are getting. Matt's on. Matt's on so hard. That's such a yeah. I took that on I, my on my bet. Those are two I bets I made. Slip. I have two different. I, well, for entertainment purposes, I have only. two different ones, but those two are really, really. So, what are the two ones that you would not go anywhere near? I'm staying away from. I feel like the Falcons, uh, Vikings is trap because even though Kirk Cousins can't beat a team that'll go over 500, he'll play them close enough. I, I think that's going to be a field goal game. There's no way the Falcons can win that by more than four and a half points. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks are a running team. They play. They they they're a running team. They play clock control. It's very possible the Bengals are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I get it. Who's the home team for that game? Is it in? It's in Seattle. Okay, so it's in Seattle. I still don't think the Seahawks win by 10 points. I think they'll win by a touchdown for sure. I feel like if that line was like six and a half, it'd be, you know, a little different and I could maybe play it. But it definitely feels like a touchdown game. Like the Bengals, I don't think the Bengals are going to be bad early. I think the longer the year goes, the yeah. worse they're going to get. The, the worse they're going to get. And, and again, just... The style of football that the Seahawks play, they don't play to score fast. They play time of possession, Chris Carson running the ball. They're going to have long possessions, and I don't know. My two, the two that are locks for me, is the Ravens-Dolphins. I don't care what the line at any point this year is for the Dolphins. Don't take the Dolphins. Like, you mean to tell me that the Baltimore Ravens, who have a top five defense... And a really good running game, and Lamar Jackson in year two are not going to beat the Dolphins by more than five. Yeah, mm-hmm. like come on, man! Like that's a, that's just like a layup. Like if the <laughs> Ra- the Ravens are going to have to get struck by lightning, unless the Dolphins, unless Brian Flores comes out and just like for some reason this team just plays. I mean, it is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been charging up all off season. That's the only thing I could think of. That is going to give them a prayer. They may lose that game by 20. So I think uh, I think that's a locked game. And I mean, the other one is, is the Saints, man. Like, the Saints giving up a touchdown at home. They have a fantastic front seven. They just signed Kiko Alonso. And I understand the text. Oh, they signed Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, you want to know what the counter to that is? Laramie Tunsil is the best offensive lineman on that on, on the Texans by a mile, right? Mm-hmm. So you know what you do? Just don't send anybody at him. What's Laramie Tunsil going to do? Line up on the right-hand side? No. Right. So you just blitz the right side of Deshaun Watson, force him over to his left, and you play contain on the left-hand side. Congrats, you just stopped the Texans' offense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to run the ball, and they run the ball a lot because, the I mean, the Saints are a, a fantastic run defense. You got Marshawn Lattimore lining up on DeAndre. Well, I don't think that's a total, like, he's not going to negate DeAndre, but it's definitely going to slow him down. So I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, those are my two, definitely. The Saints covering six and a half 
and uh, the Ravens covering. The two that I would stay away from uh, is definitely, definitely Lions Cardinals. Yeah, stay far, far away from. This I game. have no that. Don't bet the Cardinals for two months. Yeah, no. just stay away from. I don't yeah, care. Watch them. Stay watch away them. from the Cardinals because we I have shit to do with that. We got no. They they got no Patrick Peterson for six games. We have no clue what this offense is going to do week to week. I don't care if they're being underdogged, if they're being favorited. I don't care. I'm staying away from the Cardinals no matter who they play. And then the other game is the Colts Chargers. Yep, staying away. I just because there's so Those much Those are my two stay away games. Yeah. Like it's just so We're look we're talking about two teams. Okay, it's it's this awkward thing where it's like strength versus If we're talking forget about like Melvin Gordon not be. Forget about who's not going to be there. Strength versus strength. Colts offensive line, right? Chargers pass rush, right? Mm-hmm. That's their strengths, right? The Colts offensive line is really good from guard to guard. Their tackles are just like eh. They're like okay. Bosa and Ingram is the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. Right. right. When you talk one, two, right? They're up there. Yeah. You could argue, blah, 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 I'm not going to say whatever. Yeah. Moniker, it, be nice to me. Yeah. Um, so it's strength versus strength, which is always tough. You have Jacoby Brissett coming in, unknown how he's going to play. The Chargers, not without Melvin Gordon, without Derwin James. We don't know how healthy Keenan Allen's going to be. I, that's again like it's a it's a small line, and I'm not object to staying away from small lines. Like that's not the whole, people are like oh you're just taking the biggest point spreads. No, like oh, yeah. there's a lot of those games that are like small point differentials. Uh, and again, I'm just using the the pigskin pick them on the ESPN fantasy app. Like there's one here. Where is it? Um, Rams Panthers. The Panthers are getting plus two and a half. I'm taking the Rams in that game. Like, I know the Panthers are kind of that trendy pick. Like, oh, the Panthers are going to be healthy in this set. No. I think the Rams at full strength are are going to beat them. Like, it's it's too much of a of a thing for me. It's not one of my locked games. Matt was dead on with the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That, like, those lines have away. one and a half for the 49 They're going to win that game by, like, 12. It's ridiculous you know, to get so that. So it's spread. not that I'm just staying away from the small lines. I'm just staying away from the uncertainty. That's kind of also why I'm kind of staying away from... Originally, I was really bullish on Tennessee plus five and a half. I'm, I'm staying away from that one, too. I'm also kind of staying away because I'm like... I, it's I such a question. The, the, the rounds are such a question. Yeah, uh, we just and they, they look they look so good on paper that they could smoke the Titans. It's all, but it's also, again, a strength versus weakness thing. Yeah. Where the Browns' significant weaknesses are... Their O-line. Their O-line and then the interior of their defense. Not like their defense. Like, Sheldon Richardson's okay. I'm talking, like, lo- middle linebackers to safeties because they lost Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. That was like their Achilles, quote unquote, their Achilles heel last year. His teams loved just running up the middle against the the Browns because it neutralized Miles Garrett. And nobody runs the football more than the Titans. Well, a lot, not many teams run the football more than the Titans do. Yeah. So it's kind of this awkward strength versus weakness thing. You but then you also got to look at okay, the, the Titans' weaknesses are what? They're corners. Yeah. And Baker's just gonna sling it. And Baker's gonna sling it around. So it's just a game that I'm like, eh, no, nope, I'm yeah, not touching it. 
So, but those those are my four. So I'm gonna give you guys one that I think is like I looked at that I looked at it and I was like, really, huh? Hmm. The New York Giants getting seven and a half versus versus the Cowboys. No one lay. That's a ju- there's a lot of really juicy ones this week. I'm there, like, ooh, I, I want to like lay this one, one down for you. In the past decade, ten years, that's when the Giants matchup. have played the Cowboys, they have. They have lost by more than seven points twice. And there's been some bad Giants teams in there. This is by no, like, and two of those came in 2017 when the so Cowboys. both came in 2017. Right, when, when the Cowboys and Giants were closer, I'd say, in comparison. Mm-hmm. Then, like, but in 2018, their games were super fucking close. Right. When the Giants were clearly a worse team than the Cowboys. Now you're going into this year where the Giants are slightly worse than the Cowboys, but you've had these scenarios before, and then you constantly have, like, the Giants still lose, but it's like 31-28, or it's 29-24. Their games are always dumb close because it's that that heated divisional rivalry, and you always see those. 33 31-31, 41-35. Um... 37-34. Like, are you kidding me? So seven. So you're taking... I'm taking... You're taking gonna, the Giants. They're going to be close. I'm taking the Giants. I don't think they'll win. No, the Giants will lose, but they'll lose by like four. Right. Man. And then what's the other one? What if they lose by a touchdown? The Giants I think I know what your other one's going to be. My other one? I think I know what your other lock's going to be. Because you already said your, your two stayaways are mine. I feel like I know... What your uh, your second one's gonna be? Um, no, my other lock is the 49ers. Oh, it is. Okay. It's it for, for as far as like a for sure lock. Another one I would put put it on is the either the Redskins. That's such a good one. That's God, that's, that's a easy. That's a sneaky Dude, good in one. My for entertainment purposes only. Slip the it, the line was even better. The the Redskins were getting eleven. They're fully healthy. I know. I was like, I look at this. Like, this isn't late season Redskins. Right? So yeah, I, I had the. I, I mean, I already had the 49ers and Redskins pegged before you even told me that. Yeah. And our lines are similar, but like, holy shit! Like, I looked at the lines that I entertainment purposes only, and I'm very confident this week. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. It's looking good, and it's. It's. it's I, I'm. I like mine too. Actually, actually, the ones I, I can bring up the ones that I did bet on. The only. The only other thing I'll say. Now in this one. Here's my favorite. Oh, you're for entertainment purposes only? Yes. On this one now, I did pick I did pick the uh, the Steelers. Now, I don't advise people to do it. That was going to be the other one I mentioned. I actually don't thought. advise the people pick the Steelers, but I did this one to be a little cheeky and see if I can get away with it. What's the line on it? What does that one say? Um, the line on the Steelers one is six. Okay. Steelers are getting six. So on mine, I think six the, and a half. I think the Patriots will probably win by a touchdown. But I want to get cheeky with it and see if it works, because I picked a lot of games. <laughs> I, um, but I, I have I, I have the Redskins, I have the 49ers, I have uh, where is it at? Oh, I have the Giants. Okay. Maybe so a lot of the ones that we're all kind of on on page with, like we all kind of have like a, yeah, these are like the top three, top four. Yeah, I think the, the Giants one is very easy. I think. Yeah. But the, the easiest ones I are think the, the easiest, Niners and Redskins. I think the easiest. If you want to make, if you want to bet on two games and make and make just like a, it's probably going to be pretty blown out margins. But 
if you want to pick two games and make like a couple quick bucks, throw money, throw money on the Niners, throw money on the Redskins. I think the I think the I think the Saints getting it's only having to give up a touchdown when there's such significant matchup advantages for the Saints. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I one think too. is an interesting one. But I also don't like uh, Week One Saints. I think that's the thing that people are, yep. are scaring away. The only other thing I'll say about this whole betting thing is I picked the Steelers plus six and a half because I think for the I think for the first time in the last like six years of my life, I actually can kind of foresee a situation where the Steelers win. Like even last year, I couldn't like going into that game against the Patriots, especially because we were skidding. Mm-hmm. I was like, "There's no way." I mean, we're gonna get our fucking asses kicked in this game. I feel like this this game for this this not just this game, this game a little bit more so, but this season when the Steelers start winning and they're in division contention, it's gonna be Mike Tom is gonna get on a podium and y'all left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it's gonna yeah. be the the sequence of events leading up to this game are going to be the Steelers having all of this terrible off season drama, but their hands are washed clean, now. right? Mixed in with having to hear all season long about how they're not even the second best team in their division that Baltimore is, and that Cleveland's so much better than them, and Baltimore's so much better than them. And they got to hear that for five months. And then their first game of the season is going to Foxborough and watching, literally going to be on the field, and they're going to watch as their actual arch rival. Like, the Patriots are their rival. Like, mm-hmm. the Patriots, the Steelers look at the Patriots as, like, this is our the team we want to beat. And you have to, after all this offseason crap, you have to sit and watch them hang their championship banner that ties your franchise for the most of all. I don't know. Either one of two things is going to happen. And week one is always the weakest for Bill Belichick. Right. One of two things is going to happen. Either the Steelers are going to come out and just be the most pissed off, heads on fire that they've been in years and they're going to obliterate the Patriots. Or they're going to come out with their heads on fire, the most pissed off they've ever been, and the Patriots are going to take advantage of it like they usually do, and are going to beat them by 10. Those are the two outcomes. So, can you, like, I, would you agree? Like, those are the two things. Either the Steelers are going to come out and just hammer the shit out of them because they're going to be so angry, or the Steelers are going to come out hyper-emotional, and the Patriots are going to be like, oh, just take advantage of it, draw a lot of flags catch them in a lot of like like yeah, breakdowns defensively mm-hmm. one one of those two things is going to happen and i guess i'm banking on the first one the former yeah. and not to say that means all of a sudden i'm super optimistic about the steel this season for the steelers i just think that everything leading up to this game plus what's going to happen before the game and to matt's point the patriots are at their most vulnerable Early. In the month of September, right when they're trying to figure things out, where the Steelers are kind of locked in with themselves, like we know what we're gonna do, like think, we know Connors are back, we know Juju's our number one. I think they're gonna get to Brady. Do they just had to put their center on IR? 
Like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like gonna, people don't understand. Like so, so yeah. You have the Patriots who are now weakened on their line, right? You have the Steelers, who, by the way, one of the best pass rushes last year, right? Correct. They added to it. Their line is better now. Right. We have that two, pass rush is going to be intense. We have two better linebackers in the middle than we did might, last year. Might end up being the best pass rush in the NFL. We've led the league in sacks the last two years. Right. We tied with Kansas City last year for the most sacks. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to keep mattered. up. They're, they're going to sack Brady. It's going to get to him. Brady does not like that kind of pressure. I also think that schematically, the Patriots... This is something we have to end the episode pretty soon because i got to get out of here. But something we didn't really talk about with the whole OPI being challengeable thing... I think the team, a lot of people thought that the Patriots were like, haha, we have another way to, you know, eke out advantages. I think the Patriots were actually one of the teams that were most pissed off about the whole OPI being challengeable thing because the Patriots run a lot of pick routes. Yep. And a lot of rub routes. And Bill Belichick is smart enough and he's cerebral enough to know that there's going to be some times where they're going to try to do that. And teams are gonna, team and teams are gonna challenge it, and I don't think Belichick wants that. That I guess you could say that variable, yeah, out there. He's a change like, it. man. Like this is a big part of our offense, and Josh McDaniels knows that. Like, this is a big part of our offense, and if it gets compromised because teams are gonna start challenging it, we got to figure out something else to do. And if you look at this Patriots receiving core, you got Julian Edelman who basically didn't have any training camp. Nikhil Harry, their first-round pick, is not playing because he's injured. They just brought Demarius Thomas. They brought him in, worked him out, cut him, re-signed him. And they have Josh Gordon, who's only been there for two weeks. But he's also familiar with the way the Patriots were. He was familiar with it, with the personnel they had. It's a little different now. It's a little different now. Let's see what happens. So, I don't know. Like, the Patriots are obviously going to figure it out, and they're obviously going to go, like, on a 10-game winning streak, and they're going to win the division. But I definitely think the Steelers, a lot of Steelers fans are upset that they drew them as the first matchup. No, it's the best time to draw them. That's the best time to play the Patriots. Yep. Like, that's when you want to play them in the month of September. Not that, again, beating the Patriots doesn't mean much. Right. Because the five teams that beat them last year didn't make the playoffs. But you still want the win. Right. You still want the potential to have the tiebreaker over New England. You still want that. Which yeah, is important. exactly the reason why the Chiefs want to beat them. Regardless of what the Patriots go, if you can just beat them and tie with them, you'll be good. You're you're gonna be good. So and the Chiefs have now that the Chargers have completely fallen apart, like the Chiefs have the inside track to getting the one seed even if they lose to the Patriots. So Yep, they have a good chance. Uh, That's what happened last year. Lost to the Patriots. Well, so one seed. With yeah. that, we're going to close this out. Happy football. Uh, make sure. Yay, happy football. I, I, I'm, I'm getting into it right now. Shut up. <laughs> make sure you follow us on Twitter.com slash FADPOD to get, we'll be updating that thing a lot more going into this. Along with the Facebook, that you go to that cursed land of Zuckerville. You can go on to Facebook and follow Facebook.com slash FADPOD to get updates from us. That will be where our pickums will be going, courtesy of Nate Kuyper. Me! I really like this show because our numbers have been steadily gaining, I think. Last time we checked analytics, yeah. each episode had mm-hmm. more downloads. Right. Um, go check us out on Patreon. You, if you love us, give us 
money on Patreon. There's a on- there's a couple things that I have in production right now for Patreon. I forgot to put out. I actually forgot to upload my official announcement of this on there. I'm working on what's something called Fat Pod First Fifty, where I am uh, taking my favorite clips from our first fifty episodes and putting them together in a little highlight reel with some music and shit. Um, another thing I'm doing is I'm taking my brother. Good old Josh Cutlip. Episode one producer. <laughs> yes, episode one producer. Um, me and him are going to sit down and we are going to take it's just gonna take us it's gonna be like a full blown like episode thing, but I'm making it exclusive to Patreon. Where me and him are going to take what we believe is the funniest named NFL team and see based on based on how how good the players are, what they would do in a regular season. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's kind of sick. <laughs> Me and him are working on putting that together. That might that might take a long time to come out, but it's something that I have. That's in the planning stages right now. But yeah, I'm a big fan. So, uh, Justin, today is September 7th, Saturday, right before NFL kickoff. Mm-hmm. Are people going to listen to this on September 7th? Yep. Okay, good. I'm editing this and putting this out. Uh, I have to go back to work. <laughs> he left work for this. Yeah, I have to go back to work just for like about 20 minutes. And then uh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to put it up. And this episode will be live. Like right. within within hours. All right, Coolio. That way after, because then we can, no one can claim our takes are cold or weird or whatever. No, no, no. I plan on putting this episode out today. That's especially, why. I, especially because, I mean, you know, the NFL season starts tomorrow. Our it next started episode? Thursday. Whatever. We didn't even talk about the Packers Bears game. <laughs> oh my god. Um, there, there wasn't too much to talk about here. I'll lay this down for you right now. In about uh, here's here's my that game was Jubby's ten second take. Ready? Yeah, nice. Aaron Rodgers one drive sealed the game because Mitchell Trubisky sucks. The Packers defense is looking better than it did last year, and the Bears defense suffocated at Aaron Rodgers, who was flustered and uh, couldn't do what he normally does. Jimmy Graham woke up. Jimmy Graham caught one play. Yeah, Jimmy Graham caught one touchdown pass and went back to sleep. Bears yeah. deep. Bears defense still great. Going to be great. Bears offense bad. Going to be bad. Bears perfect measuring stick for the rest of the NFL. The Bears. This is my ten second take. The Bears are going to wax the living shit out of all the bad teams they play and lose to all the good teams they play. So they're going to be the new Kirk Cousins. Correct. Yes. All right. I, I guess I need a ten. Ten second. seconds. Go. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made a really good look off throw. To save the entire game, Mitchell Trubisky had a couple bad throws, and I don't know if the Green Bay defense is as valid as they were touting, even though they were making fun of Trubisky. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Jury's still out on the Packers' defense. They're better than they were. They're better than they were, but I want to see them go up against a quarterback that can complete passes to his right. Right. David Montgomery. Everything went to the left. the ball more. Dude, <laughs> everything went to the left. Keep that in mind. Next time you watch the Bears, everything goes to the left. Slot to the I, left. I wish I, w- I wish I could watch the All Twenty Two film NFL Game Pass. Yeah, when you when you watch it All Twenty Two when it finally comes available, let me know how During many the games on Sunday. Right. Let me know how many plays from the Bears went to the left I'll offensively. Let you know. I want to know exactly how I'll many. Break down the film for you. That's kind of what I want to do this whole. Come season. back I'm next be week the with film that guy. Wait, yeah. guys, guys, shut up, shut up. Corey. What's your 10-second Packers Bears take? 